Good evening, everybody. We are kicking with the crew. We are back for our first segment of War Room. How's everybody doing tonight? What's up, everybody? Coming at you guys War Room style. Happy to be back. Hi, y'all. Hope all's well. Excited for this. Let's kick it. Yeah. We've been waiting on this all week, man. I've been pretty excited for this. I know everybody else has been doing a lot of homework. Just a little bit. So I believe we're missing Damon and Trev. Trev had to do 24-hour duty. Uh, and then Damon, Damon, I think, had he's visiting family at the moment. Not sure if he's going to make it back. But we do have Rob. Rob is one of our original hosts from when we were for the shoe back in the day. Um, and he's on tonight, finally. We finally were able to get him to come on. Rob, you good? I think he's having some difficulty. I'm back. Okay, he's back. All right, he's back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Chad's over here in the in the in the comments already. Uh, who's playing Kevin Costner? <laughs> I think we should make that the mark. I'm gonna have some. Di- I'm having some difficulties. I'm gonna bow out. <laughs> All right. All right. So we lost Rob. All right, he's having difficulties. Uh, his laptop was having issues with like the charger, things like that. So Rob's probably not going to finish tonight until he can figure out what's going on with his laptop. What's up, Trev? Trev's in there in the comments on CQ. Trash. 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 Hey, so before we get into this war room where we're going to discuss different avenues of approach and then choose what we think is the best avenue of approach uh, as a collective group, so we're going to have to try to convince each other the best way to do it. We're going to go ahead because we do have some coach updates, and I'm going to let DeMarco go ahead. And yes, sir. So uh, the update for everybody uh, out there, um, anybody who wasn't aware already, uh, just to update, the um, Saints Steichen and the Colts have hired DeAndre Smith. Um, he is now the former uh, running backs coach of the New York Giants, where he spent uh, one year there. Um, and then he has a lengthy coaching history, um, but none of it is in the NFL. So uh, uh, all of his other 21 years of experience were in college, where uh, most of uh, his most known uh, name colleges are uh, Indiana, Northern Illinois, New Mexico, and Utah State. Um and uh, Indiana State was where he started out in 1999 and made his way through uh, those colleges. Um, he also spent some time at UNLV, where he was the running back coach, and that's where his, uh, as far as I know, um, knowing Shane Steichen and uh, Steichen, and that's where they, they met and kind of took off from there, and now he's our uh, running back coach. Um yeah, and I do apologize for anybody out there when you see uh, when we first hop on and kind of see me like looking away and whatnot. I'm basically getting it out to all the other groups and trying to share it as quick as easy as possible to get as many viewers in here as we can. So, yeah, that's the the coaching update. Um, what are you guys' uh, thoughts on the hire or, or any uh, former knowledge you guys have of uh, Coach DeAndre Smith? Thoughts on the hire? Um, it's interesting. It makes me think: Are we going to go with more of a college? type blocking scheme, like, you know, gap and pole or pin and pin and pole, pin and shoe. 
zone. I mean, usually like a guy, like, I don't know, like running back wise in college, again, I never played running back, so I can't speak to this, but like, I assume that there's not much of a transition when it really beyond running back from the NFL to college. I mean, I assume it's see hole, hit hole, see read, hit read. I mean, again, never played, can't speak to, so don't know. I don't know much about him. All I know is that he worked with Saquon Barkley and they looked pretty good with the running game. If it wasn't for the running game uh, in New York, I don't think they would have been as successful as they were. Uh, that's all I really know about him. Um, first hire, too. So uh, I know we're looking at some offensive line coaches. I don't know how much difference a running back coach is going to do when it comes to the, to running, you know, to the offensive line. So we'll yeah, see so how that I goes from there. As far as I know, um, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that him being hired has anything to do with our system. To answer your question there, Zach, I don't think uh, him being there would base it off college schemes or anything like that. That's going to all be off of um, Steichen's philosophy as far as his offensive scheme that he wants to call plays for and then offensive coordinators uh, design on the plays and what kind of blocking schemes he's right. looking for. So that, that'll come more from the um, – Offensive coordinator, whenever that come in, Steichen, and then the, the offensive line coach to see where we're going to go from there with that scheme. As far as the running back coach, it, it pretty much it's just going to be like routine stuff. So it'd be almost like a receiver's coach where it's like, hey, we're looking the ball all the way in. Same thing for a running back. We're tucking that thing high and tight, high knees. You know, um, we're not looking to bounce. We want you to hit the hole. You know, just stuff like that. This is basically routine type stuff that you're going to get from a running back coach. Almost anything as far as scheme-wise is almost never uh, a difference for <clears> – <throat> uh, as far as I can speak for is being a running back and whatnot. The only thing that really is a difference for us when we change schemes um, would be uh, passing schemes. So right, pass blocking. Play action, mm -hmm. pass, pass blocking and stuff like that. That's when we have some differences in there. Okay. Uh, I'm going to answer Ashley's question real quick. Um, I don't think we're going to keep Reggie as wide receiver coach at all. I don't think anyone on that offensive staff is coming back. Yeah, it's a tough one for me. I feel like if we were going to keep Reggie, I think he would have been staying already. I don't think yeah. You really think they're going to keep special teams and defense? I think they're considering it. I really think they are. I'll say this. I'll say this. The way it seems like, the only the only requests we're putting in are for offense. Yeah, that's all I've noticed. Shane hasn't, Shane, hasn't, Shane hasn't done anything defensively. I just think we're just waiting on the moment where he announces just as the defensive coordinator. That's yeah, it. My, th my thing with um, – with, uh, for your questions, Zach, is I think the reason I think that we keep defensive coordinator and special teams coordinator is because of the fact that this is Steichen's first-year coach as being a head coach. And just to put as little on his plate as possible, just for him to delegate less with having to call plays, you keep the defensive coordinator, you keep the special teams coordinator, and just make sure you guys are on the same page yeah. at all times. And I think I that's a lot easier for him. That's true. But I also think Gus Bradley being a former head coach, is he not a former head coach? I thought he was a former intern head coach at one point in time. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on. I'm, I'm going live here off the cuff, whatever it is. No, 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 it's not you. No, it's not you. We're laughing at Chad, man. Yeah. Chad in the comments because someone said, go get Levis. And then Chad said, careful, buddy. Someone will report you. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Ace was a backstory on that. Chad posted up a meme this week saying uh, that Levis could be – pretty much that Levis could be successful with the right coaching scheme and coaching system and stuff. And 
and someone reported his meme and it ended up getting deleted and then facebook marked it as trying to cause <laughs> violence and all this stuff so it was a funny joke but he's on a shadow ban and i have to approve every post he posts so yeah i think that's for like a week or something not sure but uh, to answer Ashley's question, uh, just stay on and watch because we'll let you know exactly what route we're going to go today. That's the whole point of this episode. We're going to be discussing a lot of things, and it's going to matter on how this simulator goes, whoever takes who, and then the, what we want to do at that point when it comes to us. I wouldn't say Gus was a bad head coach. Uh, he I mean, took, I don't know, if he, was, I don't know he took, if he was a head coach or not. He but. took him to – Gus took him to a, a – AFC championship game with Blake Bortles with the boat. So Right. But I also think that's that's huge for Steichen, being that he'll have a former head coach, someone he can lean upon. So I also think that right. it would make sense to bring him back. And as for Bubba, we have one of the top two special teams in the league. And here's here's something else. Here's so something I else I want to say. Here's something else I want to say about Gus. Uh Gus showed me this past season that he didn't care who was that head coach. Uh, that he wasn't going to be egotistical and acting like he knew more because he was a head right. coach before. If you remember, uh, what was that game? Uh, was it the Raiders? When we played the Raiders, the one win that Jeff Saturday had because of Stephon Gilmore, Gus Bradley asked Jeff Saturday for permission to call what he wanted to call in that position. Yep. And that's that, that kind of shows to me some character that Gus needs to stay in this staff because not only is he going to help uh, Shane – in, in you know backstage but when it comes to being on stage he's gonna follow Shane yeah yep and also just to add to that just for anybody who was wondering and thinking that this was some big question or not I honestly think it's a real thing that's likely to happen with Gus staying on his DC he was actually there for uh, Shane Steichen's um, introductory press conference so yeah he was there so yeah, there was only a few people that were named that were there at the introductory press conference. You had Michael Pittman, Quentin Nelson, uh, Ryman. I don't know how to say his name. Is it Ryman? Raymond? Ryman? Raymond. Ryman. Ryman. Uh, he was there. Um, there was somebody else. Taekwon Lewis was there. Uh, they said all the scouts were there. So, I mean, we already talked about that on Tuesday. Uh, I feel like that was like a month ago. I'm so hyped to have Shane, to be honest. Uh, everything I've seen more of him as I've looked and I've I've researched him more throughout the week. I'm excited to have Shane. I think it's going to be a huge difference than having Frank Reich. I don't think we're going to get the same cookie-cutter bullshit that we've been getting for the last five years. I agree. I agree. I've been uh, – I'm one of them people that hop on high trains really quick. So sometimes I have to slow myself down. But me, if you got a Colts uniform going, I'm going to be hyped up for you. Unless you're absolute garbage, then then I just got to tell you what it is. Um, so I'm hyped up to have him. I like what he said in our press conference. He, I, I like the way that <clears throat> accountability was going to be his big things that he was he's going to be preaching along with his four pillars. Um, so that's just stuff I'm, I'm ready to see. I'm interested in. Um, it's not only – I know everybody wants to see our offense do better because our offense was absolutely awful. It struggled. But I want to see this entire team play with a new mentality. Zach and Damon talk about it all the time. We're tired of looking like pushovers, tired of the, the good guy attitude. I want to see this team play with some attitude. So, And I think that's going to come with Shane because that man's got some attitude. I mean, if you see him – if you've seen his videos of him being in the in his, you know uh, – offensive meeting room that man was going off all the time so i did have a quick question for zach is your hat yeah. white and black 
My hat is cream and championship blue. So it is the Colts blue okay. with cream, and it is 1994 Pro Bowl edition. It's your lighting. Your lighting makes yeah. it look like it's white and black. I, I got like, a, a stupid, sick. stupid white bright light, but it is it what looks, it is. It looks sick though. <laughs> if, if it was white and black, I would tell you that would sit, that would be sick. <laughs> no, I need I need a light like that, man. Mine's just, it, like, it's cold blue. Yeah. So, so my my wife my wife did did watch a little bit of an episode one time, and she said that we all need to get those circle lights that people use. Yeah. They sell them at the dollar store. She was like, "You all should get one of those. So your lighting would be better." So we actually we have one that was here, but it's like a mirror light. It's like one of those makeup ones. But yeah, I gotta redo the whole electrical cord to it because for some reason somebody cut it out. So I'll yeah. probably think about working on that if I get some time. Yeah, my next my next purchase will be one of those 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 lights. Oh, um, hold on, hold on. I got somebody in the comments. William Sir, what up, bro? So hey, that's that's my that's my, that's my that's my brother from. Uh, oh, that's your brother. No, not my brother, but he's my boy from uh, – we went to the senior leader course together up at Fort Sill uh, last year gotcha. in April. We gotcha. We, gotcha. we we met in, in school and good buds. So that's my, bo- that's my boy right there. <laughs> um, when it comes right. to Steichen, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic because – always are. Right, right. Until, <laughs> until I see the product on the field, which obviously my expectations this year aren't very high. Like – I just want to see a development of the rookie. And as long as the rookie QB is playing well and the development is well, I could care less what we finish. I just I look at this year as a year that we're going to see the future. We're going to see where right. we're going, what right. route we're going, what scheme we're going. I just want to see a difference in attitude. Right. That's really it. I want to see the development. I want to see the difference in these players. I'm tired of the, the 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 friendly crap on the field. I want to see the offensive line get pissed off when the quarterback gets hit. I'm also – also, like Steichen talks about accountability, but so did Frank. So, like, I need to see it. Frank never it, held anyone accountable, though. Shaq true. put Shaq true. put that on blast. True. So I hope that's the case because I feel like if you hold guys accountable, they're going to play hard for you all year, and you won't have what we had this year. Players, guys, players, players guys coming there. out of the locker room talking a whole lot. You know, I don't want to hear Brian yes. Kelly. You know. Or talking when he sucked all season, right? Ryan Kelly don't need to be saying crap. Like, shut up. The media doesn't need to know our business. Gosh. And then, to me, that's all accountable. You handle that stuff in house. You don't say anything in front of a microphone. You know, because once it gets out, it's cancer. Facts, facts. So, uh, love, love you too, Will. It's good, to, good to see you in the comments. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, God, I forgot what I was gonna say. I really forgot what I was going to say. I got distracted by all the comments popping in, but I do, I do agree. Um, I think, I think Scott, I think pretty much what uh, Trev said in the comments, if you look at Trev, he says, I like that Steichen cusses. <laughs> I'm huge <laughs> on that. I don't know why. Um, when I'm a coach for some reason, unless I'm coaching kids, I won't cuss at little kids. But when I was coaching semi pro, you're getting cussed out. <laughs> like that's, that's a big time. Players don't play. You know, to be told that they're doing the best thing in the world, right? They they go to practice so that they can learn that they're doing something wrong and be taught how to do it better. I think it's a, just a natural reaction to to have a coach a coach that curse. I, I don't. I, I've played football from very long time across all different sports. I've never had a coach in any sport that did not curse. Bro, facts. So. Facts. So the fact that yeah, when you have I a coach that's like – You can't speak to that. Like, 
freaking good job like holding words back. It's just almost like a a cringe. It's like that's facts. That's facts. Here, here, and it just hypes you up, man. If somebody's being loud, like I hate that everyone's hating on Nick Sirianni for how he acts on the sideline. Like I love it. I'm here for it. I'm here for the way Nick Sirianni is on the sideline. If oh. I had a coach, if I had a coach that acted like that on the sideline, that was flipping off Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl, bro, I'm playing my heart out for that coach. <laughs> I mean, I, it's cool I that played, Jalen Hurts was like, "Coach, you're gonna get yourself in trouble." But at the same I time, I played for a coach who was very stoic and never said was never too high and never too low, and he was one of you know the best in the state of Indiana, in my opinion. But like, I never heard that man in four years of high school ball. I never heard that man say a curse word. Like, it just didn't exist. I mean, like, we would always say, yo, you got angry dad face, you got mad grandpa face, or, you know, like, yeah. he would make facial expressions, but the man never, never cursed. I mean, we were happy. We got high 20, clapped his hand, and gave us a thumbs up. <laughs> so, I, mean, I mean, look at, look at, look at when you had Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick didn't curse on the sideline. He didn't flip out, none of that. Who was the one flipping out? Tom Brady. Tom Brady, <laughs> like, yeah. No matter who it is, it could be somebody on that team has to be flipping out, holding people accountable. We didn't have that. People got mad when Matt Ryan said, oh, that was trash about Michael Pittman when he made a bad play. Michael Pittman made a bad play. And Matt Ryan said it. And everybody hated him for it. Why would you hate him for it? He's he's being truthful. Being <laughs> you know? honest. Yeah. He's being truthful. I mean, Matt Ryan put it in. The, I mean, he may have thrown a bad ball. But at the same time, Michael Pittman stopped running that route. So accountability. Somebody yep. was somebody was holding someone accountable and people didn't like it. My thing is, is it's just if if I have a coach that just stands there like Frank Reich does, I'm like, I don't want to play for this guy. He's not hyping me up. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. like, bro, I need you to have more reaction than me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, instead of trying to say, oh, I was arguing with the refs. That's why I got the play call in late. No. Okay. You weren't arguing with the refs. You were listening to them talk to you because you don't know how to talk to them. <laughs> like, but we. Besides that, I mean, like, because Frank never did that. But you, you, you see a guy like Frank who who never did that. But then you take a guy like Tomlin from Pittsburgh. Yeah. He's the same way as Frank, though. He's stoic as hell. But here's the thing: in the locker room, he's not true. In the locker true. room, he's not, and and he has no problem saying some shit when it needs to be said. He has no problem calling people out. I remember there was a report a couple uh, years ago um, when they were like they were dominating and then they started messing up on the field, but they were still winning. He took all their recreational shit out of the locker room and said they didn't earn it. They were they were still dominating and he just didn't like the, the fact that they messed up in that one game. Fair enough. That's that's the kind of things that we need. We need that coach that's going to like. You know, you you guys, okay, cool. You can be eleven and zero, but you just beat a team that you should have dominated. You beat them by two points. I don't care. A win's not a win. <laughs> right. Standard is a standard. That's where I got it from. You know, Mike Tomlin. The standard right. is standard. You act a standard. You you set the standard. You live up to the standard. And if you can't, anything less is a failure. Right. Like when when Shane uh, Shane Steichen said that he wants the team to be relentless. In my eyes, that's what I'm. That's what I'm hearing. That's the standard. Yeah. Standard is foot on the throat all game long. It doesn't matter. You could be up 41 to three in the fourth quarter. You're still going to go out there and try and score. Yeah. Taking deep shots. Exactly Throwing it deep. 
insane to even see rumors that Mike Tomlin might be let go from Pittsburgh. There's no way. I'll take. There's no I'll way. Take him still, an Indy in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, he still avoided a losing record this year. They with didn't that even, team with, with that, that team with, that they with, had. Yes, with yeah. that team. I'm sorry, but Mike Tomlin to me is is a, a top two coach <laughs> in history. In history, I'm sorry, he's better than Bill Belichick in my opinion. Mm. I'm just yeah, saying. I mean, I mean, Bill Belichick had the greatest coach of all, or greatest quarterback of all time. He had top. Right. What has he done since Brady left? Nothing. Right. So and you you're have, right. I mean, you, you have, could argue that. You have Mike Tomlin who had, you know, rosters that were just, I don't know, these players weren't team players. They were all individuals, you know, Le'Veon Bell, Garrett Blunt, Antonio Brown, Martavius Bryant, all those guys were all individual type players. They didn't play as a team, and he still was winning games with them. And now he still has a winning record with it without Ben Roethlisberger, without all those guys. They even traded Chase Claypool, and they still – Still had a winning record. So, I, Mike Tomlin's, uh, I'm sorry, that dude. I mean, if you don't want to say top two, I'm saying top three all, of all time. And I don't know who I would put in front of him, to be completely honest. Yep. You only got Bill Belichick and Andy yeah. Reid. That's about it. That's that's facts. I wouldn't even put Andy Reid over Mike Tomlin, to yeah, be no. honest. As far as a motivator, no. No. Nope, not at all. All right. Is everybody ready to go ahead and start talking – Real quick, before yeah. we get started there, I wanted to let Zach know. Remember we were talking about our guy, uh, Kelly John Canty? Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, what was his name? Uh, uh, God damn it. Um, the draft analyst, fucking Todd McShay. He did yep. a mock draft. He did not have Kelly John Canty going in his first round. Wow. That's amazing. That's huge for me. Other than his size, that dude's a freak. Like that's huge for me. I, yeah, I, I, I like seeing him go in the second round. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty damn happy. Hey, he would be a hell of a grab if you got him at the top of the second, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. We got Jordan. Jordan's in the comments now. Jordan is. Uh, he says he's a draft. He's all about college players, so he's one of the ones that. Uh, I want to bring on the show probably during one of these segments. I'll talk to him, see which one he wants to come on. Uh, Colts um, fan fifty four. Uh, that is Cali John C A L I J A H. I believe it is, or it might be Ann in Cansey, number eight from the University of Pittsburgh. Beast defensive tackle. They call him Aaron Donald two point oh. Yeah, they're calling him Aaron Donald Jr. Mm. Not as big, but the explosion and fluidity in his hips and his I'm hand just, is. I'm telling you, you, watch this guy, and he pops on film. I mean, like immediately. Check yep. him out. Who who are you wearing right now? I'm wearing D Book. Yeah, <laughs> talking about D tackles, baby. <laughs> I thought I thought I saw the nines on there. I was like, I'm always wearing D Book. Yeah, boy. Always. All right. Pulling up the draft. Scroll up. So we're gonna use All the right, PFF, everybody. We're gonna use the PFF mock simulator to get this done. I put the speed on slow. Uh well, it's kind of mid, so it's not just kind of shooting through this. Um, we're not gonna be able to save this. So whatever trades or anything that we try to do, um, 
DeMarco is going to write that down so that next week or the next time we do this, because next week we're not doing a war room, we're going to do a blast from the past episode and then we'll go back to war room. Uh, it gives us time to be able to study some of the combine because combine is next week. So, yeah. well, not next week, but the week after. It's the week after. Yeah. Uh, so if everybody's not tracking the combine, is the second through the fifth. So that'll be when we do uh, we do our second day, day two of our war room. So uh, whatever we do here, if we trade back, he's going to write down whatever we got, uh, whatever we traded, so that I can kind of set that back up to go into day two. So here we are, war room. Um, do you want me to open it? Why I think are the Colts we, should uh, be aggressive? Are we 35 of round two? Uh, I don't know. I don't have round two on here. I only there's, selected. There's, there's only 31 picks. So, we so we're it. only 31 picks because of the one that the Miami. Dolphins lost. Yep. So, okay. I'm guessing we got to be 35. I'll look. I'll look. I'll leave it for now. Just trying to get that mapped out. <clears throat> okay. Damn, I'm so upset that we don't have Damon here. <laughs> yeah, me too. I was really hoping he was going to be on the show tonight. I wanted him to be in on this. Would have been nice to have Trev too. Yeah. Uh, Trev, Trev, try and stay uh, updated as, as possible with us. But, you know. Um, Real quick, we do. It is it is number 35 in the second round. Perfect. Yeah, I all right, perfect. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Um, try and leave us your comments on anything that we're saying to try and give us your opinion. We'll try and look into it as best we can. Um, but we're trying to give you guys a, a kind of a war room scenario as best that we can try and do it here um, and just uh, shake it all out of, of how we would pick and how we'll go. Trev, try and keep up with us as best you can and give us some input off of our comments. And uh, so from there we go, Matt, Zach, Trev, what are you guys thinking with the number four overall pick? Are we sitting and staying? Are we trading up? Who's your guy that you think we want first? And where do you think we should take him? Oh, I'm trading up. Okay. Like, the reason why is <clears throat> I want to be at the top of the draft. I want to make sure I get my quarterback. And I'm perfectly okay doing, as Ballard says, I'm willing to trade anything and everything to make sure you get the piece that you want. Hey, I uh, also uh, got us on a timer, just like the draft. All right, so the Bears are on the clock. Bears are on the clock. Will we go 10 minutes, five minutes, five minutes? Uh, You can do the 10. Yeah, that's fine. Do the 10. All right. So, yeah. all right, there we go. We got it there. So, uh, Zach wants us to get our guy first. Um, He wants us to move up. Everybody. Get the guy. What are you thinking, Matt? You thinking that we should trade up as well? Where, where are you at with it? I'm not. I don't think we should trade up. Um, I think CJ and I think Bryce are both pretty uh, equal uh, in comparison of what their skills and abilities are able or what they're able to do. I think that we can get one of them at four. <coughs> uh, I also think at four, Anthony Richardson will still be available. And I think with who we have at head coach, um, I think that, Anthony Richardson's going to fit his scheme a little bit better than what uh, we anticipated. Yeah, but Richardson at four is too rich for my blood. Yeah, but and, we don't. I mean, 
So then, so then my, my idea would be not to take him at four. I think my idea would be to trade back to nine, take advantage of Carolina, who also needs a quarterback, who also is our former head coach uh, and still has a relationship. I'm getting, I'm getting a call here. Bear, Bears are giving us a call. They'd like to offer us the number one overall pick for the number four, a second rounder, a fourth rounder, and a 2024 third rounder. What are we thinking? We'll give you a call back. Yeah, I'm the third free. rounder. I don't want to give up my first three picks. Mm-mm. Like I would, I would keep the third round for this year and give up next year's first, just because I think that the value is there. Well, you said you wanted to trade up, man. That's the offer. What are we thinking? I mean, for me, if if that's the best offer I'm getting and that's the only offer I'm getting, I'm taking it. You have to. I'm denying it. Thinking, Matt. I'm declining it. Um, I think these picks, especially if I'm Chris Ballard, I'm not. I'm not giving away these picks. Why? Because I think, again, I could still move back. I could still get a quarterback of the future who's going to get developed by a coach who's known for developing. And at the same time, we're getting more draft picks rather than losing draft picks, and it provides us the opportunity to build around that quarterback. So yeah. Um... We haven't gotten Trev coming back here yet, so I'm going to chime in real quick on this. I also believe I'm not trading up. Um, so me, the problem I have with it is this isn't a situation where there is a a constant number one. This has been changing for everybody, and I'm I'm the person that if you're not totally convinced that any of these guys are your 100% guy and everybody has the same opinion of one guy, to not trade up for them. I'm not risking everything to say maybe we did, maybe we didn't. So. I also, um, I, I wouldn't agree to a trade there. And uh, I honestly think that sitting and waiting at four um, would be the best option for us. Well, then let's sit and wait. Let's decline it and wait. All right. So we're going to go ahead and I'm going to so start the, this. So uh, the Chicago let's... Bears have about six minutes left on the clock, and we're not trading. So it looks like the, uh, uh, the Bears took – uh, Bryce Young, number one overall. I think that's what I saw happen. Did they? Let me see. I'm trying to. I'm trying to see if I can. It's not letting me scroll back up. Let me see. Oh, let me do this. There you go. All right. So they took Jalen Carter. Oh, Jalen Carter. I'm sorry. Uh, Houston took Bryce Young. Uh, and then. Hey. Hey. The Cardinals took Tyree Wilson. Uh, you guys know where I'm at. I've been saying this all along. We sit right where we are. We let our quarterback fall into our lap. Um, I am not on the Will Levis train. I feel like that's more of a product. If that was something that we were going to take that pick, that'd be something we'd have to work with and build around. Um, it'd take us a few years to get him where we want him to be. My guy right here is C.J. Stroud. It ain't taking me much time to think about it. All right. Just know that thinking? I want C.J., but on this I'm going to play devil's advocate just because, you know, why not? Because I agree with you, De- DeMarco, 150%. Like, CJ, to me, is the best quarterback in this draft class. Like, he is the most proven, ready prospect. He is essentially a plug-and-play day one outside of Bryce Young, who's a little bit more athletic and can create a little bit and is an outlier. I mean, he is, to me, he's go- he's going to win rookie of the year. However, applying Ballard's logic – Ballard likes high upside prospects, and there's nobody with a higher upside than Will Levis. 
Nope. Ballard no. doesn't. Anthony Richardson has more. Anthony upside. Richardson has the most. Ballard doesn't. Of any quarterback. Ballard nope. doesn't like yes, small he, quarterbacks. He's not he's small. Not he's small. bigger than Will Levis. He's not small. So I true, but I truly believe he's he'll take Will Levis over Anthony Richardson ten out of ten times. I truly believe the Colts draft board is Stroud, Will Levis two, Bryce Young three, Richardson four. I can't say because, I disagree with that with with your opinion there, but if we're talking about size and potential. Anthony Richardson has more than anybody here in this draft. Listen, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Uh, I think what Chris Ballard has normally wanted is about to change because of who he has at head coach. Shane Striken hey. has a guy. Shane Striken is known for what he just did with Jalen Hurts, and what he was able to do with Jalen Hurts is, is identical to what Anthony Richardson does and what he can do with Anthony Richardson. I truly yeah. think. Hold on, I truly think Anthony Richardson is. Probably our number two quarterback that we could be taking in this draft behind CJ Stroud. But my my only concern, it's not even my concern, it's truly if if you have CJ sitting here and you could you could take him at four, that's fine. But then you have a GM who's obsessed with draft picks, who's very good at drafting in the second, third, and fourth round, which are the majority of our starters. How would no. Chris Ballard not be able to trade back to ninth? And then draft Anthony Richardson and have eight or nine more picks to go by the end of this draft. Because I think that um, CJ Stroud is as good as Justin Herbert, in my opinion. And I also feel as Will Levis is as DeMarco says. You said you think Will Levis is as good as Justin Herbert? No, CJ Stroud. I think Will Levis is no worse than Tannehill. So somebody so, else, like, somebody else said that earlier when they they tried to compare that or whatever, and they pulled up the last five games of Will Levis. This was ninety eight yards, eighty eight yeah. yards, one hundred ninety yeah. yards, seventy six yards. I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't see it. Um, also had a comment from Jeremy Barrett here. He said, uh, Ballard did say that he wants Will Levis if he's available. Jeremy, I would love for you to DM me and send me that information that you got. My name is Demarco Sanderson. Uh, you can look at my first name there, last name ain't too hard. If you can DM me that information, I would really love to have it, please. So, um, and then we're going to go from there. Uh, we had a couple questions. I know Trev said that um, were the uh, Bears really that high on Bryce Young. So you guys probably won't be able to see it too well, but this is from ESPN. This was a mock trade that was given. That's where I got the, the trade potential from. And why I said the Bears the – Put that back up. Uh, the, the Bears were calling us – to get those picks. So if you see um, right here is where the picks came from. That's where that potential trade was at. Um, that's what I had the Bears calling us to offer um, to make that trade. It actually said we called to make that offer to the Bears, but I doubt Chris Ballard would be the first to pick up the phone. But that's where that came from. Um, I honestly, in my opinion, if we're just going off of what we really believe is true, I think it's I dumb. Up, I, I think it's dumb to give up on on. Um, on, uh, uh, no, Fields. Dumb to give up on Justin Fields. Yep. If you look at what just happened with Jalen Hurts, who was the second overall pick, the guy has no offensive line. He has no receivers. He has nothing to play with. And and look at his potential. I think it would be dumb to not build around a guy like that. And then you take a risk on a smaller quarterback who may not necessarily even be fit in the NFL. So <clears throat> that's just my opinion there. Um, Then we go to uh the Richardson, Will Levis, C.J. Stroud conversation. I, I – I don't see this as close to me. No, I don't. To me, I don't there's, either. There's there there's there's Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Uh, 
And the only reason that Bryce Young isn't a surefire number one, I promise you guys, is because he's small. So CJ Stroud gets the edge for me there. Then it's very close between him and Bryce Young. After that, there's a gap, in my opinion. Then there's Anthony Richards' potential, Anthony Richardson's potential. Because he has the speed that you can rely upon to be like a Justin Fields. And his issues, to me, with accuracy, are mechanical. These are things that can be coached up for him to be better. And then, to me, you have a Will Levis. That's just my opinion. I don't think there's something that you can look at a player and say, hey, this guy looks like he can be the next Josh Allen. Let's take him. I think that's horse crap. I think that is terrible to base your system on. I think that is terrible to draft a quarterback upon, and I think that's how you set your franchise. I have I have a few things, man, because everybody in here is saying, you know, they're talking about Richardson right now. Uh, Trev at first says Richardson is fine and good, but why trade back to get him when you have a sure thing and Stroud sitting right there? I Nobody, agree, Trev. Hold, we on, hold on, hold on. Nobody coming out of college is a sure thing. I don't care what anybody says. No one coming out of college is a sure thing. Uh, and then later on, he says he answers Chad. Uh, Chad says, pick up more picks, cheaper contracts, more cap to build around a quarterback. Chad, uh, And then he says, but it's another experiment versus a sure starter. I don't see Anthony Richardson as much of, a, of an experiment. He's he's a rookie. So you're you're drafting a guy that you're molding, that you're developing. That's not, a, that's not an experiment. An experiment is someone you go out and you sign or you trade for a Justin Fields. That's an experiment. That's trying to make something work for something you've already seen. You've already seen the product. <laughs> You bring that product in. This is not an experiment. This is bringing in a quarterback that you can develop who's a top 10 quarterback. Patrick Mahomes was drafted outside of the top 10. He was picked. And that's my opinion. And that's my opinion on Will Levis. This is why, like, when people sit here and say the things that they look at is his big arm talent and his, his prototypical NFL size. To me, those are two things that are experiments. If you don't have anything that you can say is proven to be elite, I don't think that's 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 not an experiment. That's why I don't think Anthony Richardson is an experiment outside of being able to fix his mechanics. That's the difference for me between Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. You're basing things off of somebody that you've seen before that you think he can be like. I know with Anthony Richardson, he has that same cannon that Will Levis has. He has that same size that Will Levis has. The only thing he is missing is the mechanics to be more accurate. And the other, and, and, and he and only a, has one start, one I mean, and, one year of starting as a quarterback. And, and the and the thing I, I want I want to say I want to point out too is is like I said, my expectations are low for this season. No matter who we get at quarterback, yeah, they are low. No matter who we get at quarterback, we can bring in Bryce Young. We can bring in C.J. Stroud. I don't think they're going to make that drastic difference on this roster that everybody's expecting. None of these guys. From, don't expect from, anybody to be Andrew Luck, you guys. Exactly. Don't expect right. them. You know, right. expect more of a of 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 um. Can you pick it? Josh of a Josh, Josh Allen. Allen of a, a Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. A progressional, a, a progressional incline. In Correct. Play. As you build a roster around them. So, do you take C.J. Stroud at four, right, and you just keep your draft picks where you are, or do you trade back, get a guy who has high upside, maybe? just as much or more of upside as C.J. Stroud, bring more draft picks in. Now you're getting more players, more value exactly. for what you for so, the move you just made by trading back to ninth 
Because no matter what, none of these guys are going to come in and make you an elite offense. None of them. And so exactly develop so- Anthony Richardson, get draft picks, bring people in, get him more stars, get him more players. That, and again, well, someone else also said a cheaper contract. It's a lower. While I like that idea, I'm still picking Stroud. Like if he's on the board there at four and it's me, it's Stroud and no one else. Like, so, so exactly to what Matt and Zach just said there, this is that's that exactly what Matt said is why I'm of this opinion. I do not trade up because nobody is a sure thing. If I have CJ Stroud or Bryce Young sitting at four, to me, that's come on right home. Come to me. I have to do nothing for you to land right into my lap. Right. Now, if right. I don't have CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, I am I trade down. I am what Matt said. I am trading down collect my picks, and get a guy that is going to be exciting for me to develop and mold into what I need him to be. So in my opinion here, we got Stroud sitting right here. It looks like me and Zach are saying we're going to take this pick. Matt, what are you thinking here? We got now, now, we, are, we are on the clock. We are on the clock to make our pick. What All about right, so Will Anderson? Ten minutes you now. Can... Will Levis? No, 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 no. What do you Do you consider taking our edge rusher? No. Like Will Anderson? No, no, no. I'm taking a quarterback. No. Yeah, this is quarterback. Damn. First round okay. to me is quarterback of all time. So we, okay, what are we doing, Matt? It looks like we're gonna take Stroud, man. I mean, I'm outvoted. I mean, I'm not a Stroud hater. Uh, I just uh, I'm thinking like Chris Ballard would think in this situation, but I also see that Stroud is there, uh, and I agree. If Stroud is there, I'm taking Stroud. Uh, if if Chicago, you know, takes Bryce. And then Houston takes Stroud. Yeah, my scenario probably fits better if Stroud is not there. Let's get our guy. Um, all right, let's get him. <laughs> this is where they go walk around the room with shaking hands and shit. Good job, Matt and Zach. Got our guy. <laughs> well, got we got our guy. Yeah, that, an A plus grade. Plus. To me, that that's dream scenario. That won't happen. Like if that happens, Colts got just won the draft. In my opinion, I'm, I'm they could. You- I'm, they could shit, in my opinion, they could shit the bed the rest of the draft and draft like kickers and punters. But if we got CJ Stroud, I would be ecstatic because because it's one A and one B. It's Bryce, it's Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, and after they're gone, I could care less. Like you can give me Levis, you can give me AR, you can give me Tanner McKee, all the rest of them. I don't care. I'm, I want to say to Trev, I, I want to know why you think that AR has a better chance of being a bust than Stroud or Bryce Young. I, okay, I, let I just me, let me I want an answer him. for that. So I don't, he I don't. Said, Trev says this is all assuming AR pans out, though. He could be an absolute bust who runs fast. Stroud has a much lower chance being a bust with all the same potential in the world, in my opinion. So to Trev, to that point, I'm not saying you pass on Stroud. I'm saying if like, I got into a, a debate on Twitter the other day. This is what a Colts fan who believes we should go all in to trade up to get Bryce Young. And I think that's dumb. He said, so basically the Colts should just sit on their hands and do what we've been doing and let everybody go free or whatever. And I basically gave him, like, multiple scenarios of teams who traded up, including the Buffalo Bills, who traded the number 10 overall pick in the 2017 draft and traded back to number 27 with the Kansas City Chiefs when they could have had Patrick Mahomes that year. They end up taking Josh Allen the next year at number seven. 
I said, okay, I guess it's not doing bad, but I'd rather have a two-time Super Bowl champion and a two-time MVP. That's just me. Now, to the point that Trev is making here, I'm not saying you pass on C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. If they're there, you take them. But now if some other team, like Carolina, the Raiders, uh, the Saints, Tennessee, if they want to take all their futures and mortgage it to jump us to take a quarterback, then I'm saying you trade back. And you get that guy, that that Anthony Richardson, or even Will Levis. I mean, uh, to me, at that point, if you're trading back for a guy, I don't think you lose there. You're basically accumulating more picks and more stuff to surround your franchise with. I love it, Matt. That's awesome. Um, you're trading back to accumulate more for your franchise. And then at that point, you still get a guy in the first round who gets not four years, but five years with a fifth-year option to develop. So it's not – is he going to be a bust? It's can your coaching staff develop that guy? And from what I just seen Steichen do with when he was with Rivers, who he learned from a veteran, basically, when he was with Herbert, and Herbert has amazing potential himself. And, Andrew Love 2.0. And, and Anthony Richardson can show a lot of those same signs. If you watch film, you've seen this guy run right back across the body on a dime 40-yard TD passes. Um, and then the ability to run, those are all things to build your franchise around and be able to mold into. So it's not if he's going to be a bust. Too many times we think a player is going to be a bust just because they're, they're um, what's long neck dude's name? Forgetting his goddamn name uh, with New York last year. Um, forgetting his fucking name. Daniel um, Jones? No, 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 not Daniel Jones. Uh, no, 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 the guy that was with Houston for a while. And uh, Davis Mills? He ended up getting a big contract, and uh, last year they took the they took the kneel downs or, or the QB sneaks or whatever. But basically, what I'm saying is is a guy that just isn't good at all versus a guy that you can build around. Too many times we think a coaching staff isn't supposed to build a player, and a player is just supposed to be good on his own. And I don't think you're gonna have that problem if you trade back and take an Anthony Richardson or a Will Levis. So I'm Glennon, gonna, I'm, there it is. Thank you, Jordan. Mike Glennon. I'm gonna, I'm gonna exactly. say this. I'm gonna you say build this. around that guy, and you can coach him to be better. I think every, I think every uh, quarterback in this draft is gonna need development. I think all of them are first year starters. Not all of them, but let me take this off because it's hot. <sighs> Matt, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Trev answered your question. I believe Which one. He said um, he hasn't shown her on the field. Stroud did against Georgia, not to mention the entire season. Game in and game out, Stroud lights it up. AR showing flashes. Yeah, okay. I'm okay, but we, but I under I understand I understand that. But here's the same thing: Stroud had a totally different offense than what AR had. Uh, I mean, there's a difference. College is. You can't just base off what they're able to do in a game because C.J. Stroud has the, pe- the personnel around him. I mean, Florida didn't have really much around AR-15 like C.J. Stroud had around him. Stroud had probably arguably one of the best wide receivers in college football who in college is looking better than what his dad looked like in the NFL. So that that's just me, man. Um, I mean, I'm not arguing against CJ Stroud. Again, if CJ Stroud is there at four, I'm taking him, right? If he's not, then I'm trading back. I'm on the same same boat as all these guys. All I was trying to do with the conversation was make people think that there's an ability to still get a quarterback like AR15 who's gonna need to be developed. Um 
just like I mean, every have, just like every quarterback in the draft. CJ yeah. Stroud, CJ Stroud needs to be developed. Bryce Young needs to be developed. Will Levis needs to be developed. Uh, AR fifteen needs to be developed. Hendon needs to be developed. Uh, Demarco's guy, uh, Tanner McFay, whatever his name is, he needs McKees. to be developed. Max du- Max Dugan, my guy, needs to be developed. They all need to be developed. None of these guys are going to come in this league and they're going to take the league by storm on year one. None of them. They're all guys that need to be developed, like Josh Allen. So all I was, all my uh, my idea was was to bring the thought process of trading back to somebody who still has the same upside as somebody who's going top five, but bring in more value by getting more draft picks at the same time. That was all that okay. conversation was. Here's my question, DeMarco, because there's old dude named Bill Parcells who who called it with Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez only started one year at USC and was sus at best in the pros. He had a solid run game, and he literally – I think they did like red wrist was a pass play and green wrist was a run play. I remember something corny, stupid like that a long time ago. Aren't you concerned that because AR is only a one-year starter in the SEC that he would struggle just like Sanchez did, only being a one-year starter? Not under a – Does that not concern striking. you? Not so, under a change striking. So, so my – my concern is not about limited games played. My 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 concern would be the quarterback's intelligence. So just like how you said, pass was a green, red was a run. If your quarterback so. is, is if your quarterback is that simple to where they need it broken down like that, you probably shouldn't be drafting the guy. And then even when you look at Mark says Mark Sanchez's intangibles, they weren't great. He didn't test out high. Hmm. He didn't have a crazy right. arm. There was nothing literally special about him. And from what I from what I know, I'm a Florida Gators fan, everybody. And I'm not saying take Anthony Richardson first. My question has always been accuracy with him. So just like we have here that Chad is saying, next season is the develops, developing season most likely. If AR had a year under Steichen and with Gardner Minshew, that competition and accountability from coaching, he could be best QB out of this draft. No, Minshew. But also, also no. he could be mediocre. So me, like I said, me and Matt have said this multiple times. If you think a guy needs to sit and develop, he's not your guy. Nope. So not at all. Like, and then we also say at the same time, don't expect this kid to come in and be great because the first four games are going to be pure development for whatever quarterback comes into that building here's here's my there on you want to see growth here's my idea on it right uh and and it goes back to even peyton manning peyton manning when he was drafted through the most interceptions uh for a rookie in nfl history and still holds that record um but he went on to be probably the probably the smartest quarterback to ever play the game absolutely um he's not gonna go down as the goat because of his accomplishments but Greatest regular season quarterback. Greatest regular season quarterback. Smartest quarterback in NFL history. Um, But here's here's the other thing, too. Um, All of these quarterbacks, man, I forgot where I was going with it. All of these quarterbacks need to be developed. Facts. None of these quarterbacks are um, above the chaos. Like, I believe that that kid from USC is – He's above the chaos. He can calm the the seas, Caleb Williams, and the kid from um, yeah, 
That's what Mahomes like. And the kid from um, U.S. or North Carolina, whatever his name is. Drake May. Yeah, those two guys are Mahomes-esque like. None of the quarterbacks coming out are like that. They don't they don't handle like like Matt was saying. They're so not going to be opinion, they're no they're not going to be day one guys like luck. I yeah, mean, if, they're going in to my throw. opinion, if you're if you're talking about those guys that are coming out next year, Caleb Williams and Drake May, that's Patrick Mahomes and uh, Joe Burrow. That's what they are to me. Those yeah. Guys. yeah. Yeah. But but just like Matt has tried to allude to uh several times and and what um, Chad was saying there, like I said, regardless of who you take in this draft, any of these guys can come out and end up being the best quarterback in this draft, or they could all end up being mediocre for multiple reasons. Let me let me use an example to, to <clears throat> prove our point. Who won all of his rookie records, broke rookie records as a quarterback, but has still yet to win a playoff game? Justin Herbert. Uh, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. And they're getting ready to pay him $240 million, which I think is dumb. Right. And th- that just proves to my point. It, I mean, yeah, the guy's a stud. But if you don't put a team around him, it don't mean shit. It doesn't mean anything. That was my only point about, you know, that was part of my point about, you know, trading back, getting a guy like AR-15 who could be developed, and then just providing him with weapons. That was it. That's the same as C.J. Stroud. Draft him at fourth. And then provide this guy with weapons. My only concern is is we're 13th in salary cap this year with 13 mil. That ain't shit. That ain't nothing. So all these people we want to bring back, I would I would be prepared to not bring them back. Yannick Ngakwe, that dude earned his contract, but I guarantee we're not bringing him back. See, I think he's a wild card. I don't think we can afford him. I wanted to comment on something that Jordan said here. He said the reason I think CJ is the most pro ready um, to all of them is he can sit in the pocket and deliver it better than anyone and showed he can be amazing running the ball. So Jordan, I do have to interject there. I wouldn't necessarily say I disagree with you, but my thing is, is if, if, if Bryce Young and CJ Shroud were the same size, Bryce Young was legit my number one. I think Bryce Young I wouldn't call him Mahomes, but he has magic to him. And I, I think Bryce Young is really that good. My problem is is his size, to me, scares me off to know that if you don't have a really good offensive line around him to protect him because he's the guy that he can really go make all those plays. He's going to go die for extra yards. He's going to do all that nasty stuff that sometimes will get a quarterback kind of hurt. And if you look at what happened with Tua, He's just undersized, and and that's the that's the only reason I wouldn't say that um, Bryce is up there as well. So I I, I love CJ as much as I love CJ, but that's the only um, I don't even know if I call it a disagreement or whatever. But I, I do like Bryce Young. I would not take him out of that conversation. So if he's in that four, it would be him. In all honesty, if CJ or Bryce is sitting at four, I'm taking either one. Yeah, um, same here. I'm not mad. No, no. And, That's a good and point that, right there. Jordan just said it right there. If Bryce was 200 pounds, you don't question it. I agree. How much does he weigh? Yeah, I was about to ask the same so, question. So basically, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay have labeled it now as, I want to say when he ended the season, I think he was about 182 to 185 or something. They're saying their line for him is 195. If he's 195, he should be the number one overall pick. 
are the first quarterback taken. I know. They're That's saying he's the, six foot. He measures at six foot, a buck ninety four. He's whatever Kyler Murray is. So, well, I agree. Kyler Murray's five eight. Bro, I'm like I'm two. I'm two five eight two thirty. I'm five seven two oh five. Let me go ahead and go get a quarterback <laughs> spot in the NFL. Who wants me? So I mean, good. Kyler Murray's five eight. I'm but slow, but I, I got, got good mechanics. I, have, I can't I see have, over the center. I got Bryce Young at currently right now. I would say he's five eleven. 187. That's what I think. Yeah, but is 20 pounds that much difference? Yes. It's a I huge mean, it's at a buck 80. When when Russell Wilson came out, I believe, I want to say he was also 190. And his playing weight now is about 205, 210. It's a huge difference. Yeah, but aren't you, wouldn't you take a guy like Russell Wilson? Like, I mean, that's a hell of a comp. I think that's a good comp to Marco. Like, that's not, I don't think that's a bad comp comparison at all. But I mean, like, so so when you put on the weight, it's not just like fat weight or anything. When no, it's muscle, muscle. When you add right. muscle to your body, your joints hold up better. And, and right. And two things that can make a huge difference is like when you try and arm tackle. Like, uh, uh, look at think about the play in the Super Bowl where Jalen Hurts had the like forty yard run when yeah. he got tripped up. If he wasn't squatting six hundred pounds or over that yeah. two hundred, well, easy, he would have easily been tripped up. But when you have that weight and that muscle, you can keep carrying yourself. But the league is so soft with quarterbacks now anyway. Does it really matter? That's what I'm asking. Like, does it, it really does it really matter? Even though the league is like you can't with, even charm and soft with quarterbacks. With, with mobile quarterbacks, yes, because they're not protected outside the pocket. Exactly. Look how Josh Allen gets murdered. Tua just yeah, came out of, Tua just came out of concussion protocol. He was in concussion protocol for about 90 days. Look at Kyler Murray, man. Kyler Murray runs around all the time once he's outside. Yeah, but he's pocket. like two thirty, so like he's he's Kyler different. Murray? Yeah, he's like five eight two thirty. Kyler Murray's like two fifteen. I mean, he's like fat. I mean, yeah. but, but he's still he, little. Either either way, <laughs> right? Either, either right. way, just I'm getting it, just sitting in the pocket and a defensive end swings you around where they don't call that flag and your helmet hits the turf. He's just so small that just like Tua. Tua has had multiple concussions this right. season. Right. I'm not arguing. But I also look like Lamar. Lamar's I, not doesn't weigh very much. But my but issue Lamar is Lamar, too. Lamar doesn't get hit though. My issue is not the weight. My issue is the height. And the reason my issue is the height is because some have you ever tried to stand behind a six four offensive lineman when you're five eleven? Yeah, I watched Drew, Drew Brees do it in college, and then turn around doing the pros. Yeah, he but here's the thing: and and hold, but hold on, but hold on. In col in in the pros, Drew Brees had to do seven step dropbacks. Yeah, I mean it's difficult, but it can be done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. You have to have you have to have an incredible offensive line because I mean yeah, Drew incredible. was getting killed. Incredible, because you yeah. got you have to have at least one and a half to two seconds before you can even start to make your post snap reads. Yeah. Yeah, so that's just um that's just where I was with that. I, I just uh, that's the only reason that I have uh, Bryce Young a bit lower. But but you know, Trev, I agree. Bryce Young is an outlier. I think that if the Colts drafted him at four and he didn't gain a, a single pound, I think he would be great. Like I don't. I think he is Steph Curry, Patrick Mahomes special. He has all that swag. He's able to do everything Patrick Mahomes is. He's just pint size. Like that's personally in my opinion, but 
we also have to remember Drew Brees did have a rough injury that the Chargers ended up trading True. him for. Yeah, because well, that's when they drafted Philip Rivers. Exactly. So, but I, I'll say this: if it's between, if let's say Bryce and CJ both somehow drop to fourth, let's say Will Levis gets taken by Houston, uh, I'm going CJ. That's I would that's love. To, I would send Houston a postcard every week saying thank you. I've had every I've week. so I've done multiple of these PFF mock drafts, and a few of them have had Houston take Will Levis. I have. I wouldn't be shocked. And, I and be I'm gonna shocked. and I'm gonna say this. I think Chicago, um, making everyone think that they're gonna trade a draft a quarterback. I think they're just blowing smoke up everyone's ass to try to make that number think, one pick more valuable. I think Jim Mercy is doing the same thing. Oh yeah, of course he is, because <laughs> I think he wants C.J. Stroud. That's See, I, I honestly, I think Ballard wants to trade the fuck down. I think Ballard I really does do. Too. But I bet I think, you, but I think Jim doesn't want to let him. No, Jim's gonna have a knife in his back. If you trade down, I'm firing you immediately. I but mean, if I, but if I'm Ballard, I understand why Ballard would want to at the same point. So I mean I agree. As, as long as he doesn't trade out of the drop out of the top ten and he still gets a quarterback in the first round and he just gets picks with it, I'm fine with it. But I don't want Will Levis. Um and that's it. If it's CJ Stroud or a trade back, I'm good. I have no problem if he trades out of the first round and then trades Shaq back in, trade Shaq or trades Kenny Moore or whoever to get a late pick and get one of those, you know, them second-round picks but get the fifth-year option on it. Get a guy yeah. like Hendon Hooker or get a guy like Tanner McKee or – I don't want Hendon Hooker. One of those dudes. I, I have no problem with that. Here's my thing. Do if, exactly you're, if you're, if you're going to take a quarterback outside of the first round, it better be Max Duggan. Because he has more upside. He has more upside than any of those quarterback outside of the top out of the first round. He's not a first round pick. Right. But he has more upside than any other quarterback that's outside of the first round. That's my opinion. Watching that he's gonna he's gonna pull a Zach Wilson, have an amazing workout, then it's gonna be all Levis talk. It's crazy. If you listen to Todd McShay and and, um and uh, Mel Kuyper, they really like Will Levis. Me personally. Everybody loves to make everybody loves to make all the excuses in the world for a quarterback that they like for why they weren't good that year. Me right. personally, I think it's crap. But two um, reasons why I throw Will Levis out, just because they're the two reasons that everyone's you just said him, De- Demargo. A is he has no talent, so they're all gonna like look at the tape from twenty twenty one. It's incredible. And they the second the tape reason, and the dude's stats still look the same. Right, I agree. Retarded to me. And secondly, it's because his footwork and his release and everything is technically perfect. Like if you go talk to a a guy like Jordan Palmer, he'll tell you his feet and his arm, they match, you know, like, but yet he still has accuracy issues. He still makes tunnel vision plays left and right. So clearly something's wrong. But Based on that alone, yeah, McShay and Kuiper are going to be all over the guy because he his mechanics are perfect and, you know, he can roll out to your left and roll out to your right and sling the ball 80 million yards. And he he, have he you guys looks ever, like – Have you guys ever watched any of their um, scouting reports? Yeah. I like McShay's better than Kuiper because I, I feel like, like McShay has – a little bit more realism than Kuiper does. I don't so like actually, yeah. they don't take they don't take anything into consideration. They don't yeah. take anything into consideration. They just look at the player and they're like, oh well, he does this and he does that. They take nothing else into consideration. 
Yeah, so th- that's that's the um, the thing for me. So, Zach, I, I don't know exactly where you've been hearing stuff about the footwork because I've heard that that's been sloppy at times. Oh. Um, and then I've also heard that his eyes drop a lot. But to yeah. me, it's like when people make the excuses, right? They like to say, oh, his offensive line was terrible and blah, 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 blah. But then you go back and you look at the year from 2019, and it's like, okay, well, this was so supposed to be so much better, but his numbers barely got better. Right. And he couldn't even beat out from Clifford at Penn State. So I question how good of a pro he's going to be. I mean, you like I, I tell that to people all the time, but we can go ahead and chalk that up as being a puppy. You know, Joe Burrow didn't make it on at Ohio State and went on to LSU. But then it's still like, okay, well, if you take that scenario, Joe Burrow went over there and threw 50 touchdowns. What does C.J. Stroud do? Or, or I mean, uh, not C.J. Stroud. Uh, what did uh, Will Levis do? All he did was go over there and throw 24 touchdowns and really didn't impress. So to me, it's like anytime somebody sit, they sit there and bring it up, all they talk about, oh, this guy's intangibles. Oh, his character. Oh, his mm-hmm. intelligence. Well, if he's so freaking intelligent, then why is he overthrowing almost every player? Why is he throwing interceptions? Why is he making this throw off his back foot? This is why I don't like Levis. This is why I don't like Levis, because people have always said he's got such a strong arm. He does. He can throw 60 yards. Yes, he does. But he he has nothing else. No accuracy. No accuracy on it. And I brought it up before on the show. Will Levis looks like Mike Vick when he tries to throw it over, you know, 30 yards. That ball is inaccurate. He puts it in bad places, especially when he's trying to throw a, a post or a corner. Those post and corners are clutch in the NFL. If you can't hit those out of bounds 80% of the time, if you can't hit a post on point in the NFL, you're going to fail drastically. Why? Because you have a corner and then you have a safety there and he underthrows it every single time. Now, do you think that, because this is what I believe, this is what I believe and I'll stand by this. And I know you guys hate me when I say this, I believe Levis is a true system quarterback. But because not, real quick, Zach, before you dive in on that, real quick, uh, yeah. Chad said, but Steichen said character is huge to him. Ballard and Steichen also said accuracy is huge, accuracy yeah. as well. Yeah, accuracy and the ability to create. Go ahead, yeah. Zach, finish on what you were saying. I just think Will Levis is like a true system quarterback by every mean by that because here's what I mean I live 45 minutes away from Kentucky, so you know, like. All year long, I knew Colt scouts were at watching Levis every week on the radio. You can hear him. Like, if you wanted to listen to the Wildcats on the radio, you could. But, I mean, I believe Will Levis is a true system quarterback because his offensive coordinator in 2021 was the Rams tight end coach. He left to go back to L.A. in 2022, and they brought in another guy who runs a similar system although it really wasn't, and he struggled but, but, mightily. But let me ask and then you. They brought him back into this same system, and he had success. I well, believe me, he can only be successful in this system, and he cannot adapt because me, everything I've seen of Will is deep or check down, and there's no mid-range game. And that's a Frank Reich system. So, yeah, maybe right. Chris Ballard was looking at Will Levis because we had Frank Reich at the time. We don't have Frank right. Reich anymore. Right. So now I'll we have a guy. So now, so now we have a guy who is more going to utilize a guy like Jalen Hurts. Right. I, mean, and I wouldn't can, be mad. I mean, he can use a guy who who can sit in the pocket like Philip Rivers. He's shown that he was the OC, in, you know, in LA. He's also used Justin Herbert. So he has guys like that. But right. 
if you look across the NFL, who's more successful? The, the guys who guy are not who can get on the, the edge. Yeah, yeah. The mobile QB is is the new trend. Yes. And if I'm Steichen, I'm leaning for a guy who can be more mobile. That's why in my in my list, if if it's a list, and they're say Zachary, you're the GM of the Colts. How are you going to do this? For me, Bryce Young is one because he can create. Two, CJ Stroud can. Two is CJ Stroud because he can move and create. Perfect three, comp, Trev. Three, what? Carson Wentz. Yeah, just um, exactly who he is. Yeah, pretty much. Three. Um, even though like I haven't watched enough Anthony Richardson tape because like people argue that Levis and Richardson are the are the same quarterback. They're not. Um, I haven't watched enough, so I can't I can't speak to that. I would have Richardson because when I when the game I watched of Richardson, which was the Utah game where he made that insane play, um, he reminded me of Cam Newton. Like th- that's who that's who I saw. I saw a physical Cam Newton, and then I would have Will Levis four because Will Levis can move, but I don't get the same vibe. But he's quite the quite the creator and the runner on the edge, more so a guy like Baker who can just boot does real well on the move while throwing on the run. But I just want to make this clear for everybody out there because um, I know I really come off as a Will Levis hater, and I, I'm I'm really not. My problem is is like the guys with like Will Levis is. They every year in the draft, some guy gets there. There's some speculation that something's wrong with his character or something's off about him. Like they tried to do CJ Shroud early on in the season, and then there's always one guy that comes up and they just they just put this persona out that this guy is just amazing. Like Zach Wilson, off the one throw that he threw, just changed his whole entire draft position off of one throw and then you think about a guy like Carson Wentz everybody sit there and the the, the analysts they go crazy and they sit here and say big arm and physicality and their their physical size for the NFL but then they These forget all the footwork they forget all the basic fundamentals they forget the accuracy well, you know I, if you look at the combine and you and I, I'm sorry I don't mean to cut you off but when you look no, at the combine cuz it's coming up so everybody needs to watch Look at certain routes. What is the most important route that a quarterback needs to hit coming into the NFL? A corner route and a fade route. It's not a corner route. I wouldn't even call it the fade route either. No, it's going to be an out. An out route. A 10-yard out route. You because have to the timing to that has timing to be perfect. And it has to be accurate. The only reason why I say perfect. A corner route. route is close. So, so, the, so the, reason, the, reason Zach, the reason, Zach, that that out route is so important is because nine times out of ten, right. that's going to be your third down play. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Typically between seven and 12. And nine and everyone runs a, a corner and a fade. That's why yeah. I say and typically yeah. a corner and a fade no, 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 are the two no. most and routes nine, that everyone gives a damn about. And nine times out of ten, if you can't hit that out route, you're going to throw a pick six. Exactly. And so that's and why that's that my throw thing. is the most important at the combine. And that's my thing with Will Levis is because of the fact that, like, I'm not opposed if we were to, you know, you got Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud at the top. And then if you trade back, you got the guys like Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. I want to take the pressure off of somebody trying to make him a top guy off. I don't want that speculation to think that everybody's sitting here saying, oh, is he going to be this next thing? And then he turns into a complete bust because he's not what everybody thought he was supposed to be from that one throw or his size or his 
made up intangibles, bro. There's not one analyst that I've sat there and heard that sit there and speaks about Will Levis and sit there and can say anything outside of his size and his big arm. There's not. There's not. And and I want people to stop thinking that I hate him. It's just that he is a player that's going to need to develop and become a player that uses those strengths. That's what that is for me. So Other I, players, you can see their ability from the go. So, Jordan, I agree with this. Timing a slant as well. And timing a slant is huge for these QBs. It's not just the timing of the slant, right? It's the if you look at, Well, not only that. Not only that. Hold on. When it comes to schematics, right? Especially, let's say we get a guy like C.J. Stroud. What's going to be important of watching him in the in the combine is how he runs these slants. Why? Because of the RPO. The, the majority of the routes ran on an RPO is a slant. It's either a slant, an out, or a flat. It's hey, never, or an, yeah, it's it's something quick because the offensive linemen go. So you got to hit that pass before the offensive linemen go. So these slants are just as important. It's not as important as it was let's say 13, 14 years ago before the RPO was really introduced to the NFL. But that slant is definitely important, and it's got to be the timing, the accuracy. There there was a quarterback I was watching. I don't know who it was. can't remember his name. Who was hitting that throw before the receiver even turned, before they even hit the top of their route. Probably Tom Brady. That's capital A anticipation. I actually think it was Jalen Hurts. I, if I remember correctly, it was during the Super Bowl. It was Jalen Hurts. It was oh, that throw. Knows. Yeah, it was that throw to Goddard um, where he caught it um, on the sideline. That ball was in the air before Goddard even turned, before he even hit the top of his route. Those things are important. Think about the accuracy that he had on that that out corner that Goddard caught for that first down. That was key. Right, right. Uh, and then Dan Knight here says that tight ends and Colts tight ends will be huge with Stike and timing routes. This is Absolutely. where I think a lot of people are talking about trading, and a lot of people are saying trade Kenny Moore and Shaq Leonard. I don't think we trade both of them. I think if we trade one of them, that's it. I think if we trade Kenny Moore, we trade Kenny Moore. If we trade Shaq, we trade Shaq. But I don't think we trade both. Why? Because that's two defensive weapons that we would lose. But we should definitely going, trade Mo Ali Cox. Right. That's where I was going with this. We should definitely trade Mo Ali Cox. We're not going to get any value out of it. What I think we're going to get out of it is maybe a fifth or sixth round, which could be some depth on the offensive line, maybe some depth on the defensive line. But that's a guy that should definitely be traded. Yeah, I think a sixth round because of his contract. That too, yeah. Carolina will take him for a bag bag of chips, man. Well, Frank takes anything for a bag of chips. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, love the mails. So, and I want to say I agree with Trev. Trev down here says uh, Jelani Woods uh, is going to have a breakout season. It's incoming, and I agree. Um, I think Jelani. If look, young quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks rely heavily on their tight ends. This year is Jelani Woods' year. That's just my opinion. I think because who's their checkdown? It's that tight end. It's or the running that back tight end. or the running back J- JT. Uh, I think is going to surpass Austin Eckler this year as a receiving as a receiving running back because we're going to have a rookie quarterback. Jalen Hurts is going to have a breakout year. Why? I just think he's he's a. I'm big on Jelani Woods. I think he's a huge weapon, and he showed it in the red zone. He showed it in open field. I think the guy's got run after catch ability. I think if he might drop a little bit of weight and be able to 
uh, he's get a little get a little quicker. I think he's more of like a, a a sneaky wide receiver type tight end. In my opinion, I think if you draft the right quarterback, everybody gonna have a breakout season. That's just me. Yeah, but I don't think this year is the year to expect that. I just, I just think it could be if you get the right guy be. because you put him right in the right system. I think a a, per, a quarterback like C.J. Stroud, where timing is everything, and yeah. you throw in, then you throw in the size and the capability that we already have from tight end to receiver. I just, think, I just think I don't even think C.J. Stroud numbers would have to be crazy. I just mm-hmm. think pitch and pitch and catch that he could do with the guys that we got. Would just give don't turn them, the ball over. Yeah, just it would give them breakout seasons, and CJ Stroud would just have a good enough season to be rookie of the year, and boom. And so, so this this leads me to my right, my my uh my rant. I was gonna do it in the beginning of the episode, but I I decided to do it right now because we we finished our war room pretty quick. I didn't know we're still talking about quarterbacks, and I think we're all in agreement that CJ Stroud, if he's there at four, we're taking. Yes. This is my yeah. this is my rant since the moment we hired. Shane Steichen. So we're going to shift a little bit. We're going to shift back to the coaching because it kind of ties in with quarterbacks at the same time. Almost every single comment that I've seen, um, whether it was on pro football focus, it was on NFL itself. It was on the Colts pages. It was on, you know, whatever type NFL pages that were talking about us being hired. Multiple comments said they need to hit the quarterback 100%. Like, uh, and my, my rant is this. No shit. You sound uh, like when you say stuff like that, it it just makes me think you you need to back off a little bit on watching football. And the reason I say that is we needed to hit on quarterback before we hired Shane. Quarterback was the priority before we hired the coach. Just because we hired Shane, that doesn't change. None of that changes. Quarterback will always be the priority until we draft him. Most important position on the field. Right. So everyone's sitting here saying like, oh, well, they need to hit the quarterback for Shane to be successful. Well, no shit, dude. That's that for any coach. With every coach, yeah. That's with any coach. Bill Belichick, he had uh, Drew Bledsoe, who was in his prime at the time. Trash. But he wasn't playing trash in New England at the time. No. No, he wasn't. He was playing very well. I feel like that's the media just being trash and giving their most obvious opinion. Well, no, it wasn't media, man. It was fans. It was like Eagles fans and Colts fans that were like, oh, we need to get the quarterback situated first. And I'm going to say this, too. If you think the offensive line is really that bad, you might want to recheck yourself. It's really. I think the right guard position is that bad, but other than that, I'm I'm confident everywhere else. Right, right guard is just that bad. Everyone else struggled because of schematic issues. Why? Because we went from Philip Rivers, who got the ball out between 0.5 and 1.5 seconds, then we went to Carson Wentz, who was mobile, then we went to Matt Ryan, who couldn't move or throw the ball downfield. Yeah, and I also, I've never thought the offensive line has been bad. I just think they didn't play good. That was my thing. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, you saw the offensive line improve when um, Ellinger was quarterback, when he got his start. Yeah, yeah because you saw, couldn't just tee off on the quarterback. We, right. saw the, yeah. we, saw, we saw the offensive line improve when Jeff Saturday was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We saw Ryan well, think, take a huge step. Ryan right. And, well, I think Will Levis is a solid backup. To me, he's not a starting caliber right guard in this league. He's not strong enough. 
But yeah, Ryman, he, other than that Denver game, in my opinion, he was great all year. Yeah, I, I, I don't, um, I don't hate him too much for that Denver game. The, the guys that yeah. he was playing against in that game, Bradley they, Chubb, they were yeah. some stud, there were some studs in that game. To for that to be hey. one of your first few starts as a rookie, we, we, we won that game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, thanks to Russell Wilson. But uh, that's another story. It's just uh, but Matt Ryan played that game. Yeah, but I mean, Matt Ryan was a little bit smarter than Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he, only I thing think he still had was his brain. The Washington game where uh, Sam Ellinger lost, I think, came down to coaching, in my opinion. That I put that loss strictly on Gus Bradley. You Dude. knew they were going to throw. I do. That's the one game I think does actually. Well, well here's, remember, here's the thing. Remember, you had different opinions versus be, uh, Damon and Zach in that on that game. Because say, you knew you knew they were going to throw it to Terry. Like he'd been hot all game, and they didn't have anybody to yeah, cover him. Yeah, but hold and on, you hold put on, him one on one with Gilly. Yes, Gilly. Okay, so Gilly had shown in previous games that he was able to contain that one on one. My issue with that game was offensively. You continued to run a Matt Ryan style offense with a mobile style quarterback. True, true. But I just look at it like we, we're we here. Put up, the, the we defense. put we put sixteen points on that game, and then we wow. relied on an All Pro corner. You to end the game. I put yeah, that but, game. I put that game on Frank Wright because there was no way in hell we yes. should have gave the ball back. I don't put we that did. on Gus. Bradley. Our offense, our offense, should have been running out that clock. That's just me. I hey, put it on hey, Gus you know because, what? like, you know what? as a matter of fact, think to what our new coach just said: we're gonna throw the ball to score points. We're gonna run, the, run ball the ball to win. I'm and Frank Wright knew he did not run the ball. But here's or the thing. It too much. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I hope that he. I hope that he throws the ball to score, and he runs the ball to win the game. Meaning he throws the ball until the two minute. Two minute warning in the fourth quarter, and then runs the ball after that. Exactly. That's what well, I, I want. I want, I want there a, to be a, a good balance. No, I want there to be a coach who puts his foot on the other team's throat. I don't care what it is. I don't care if we are up thirty-eight to nothing. You continue to score. That's always been me, man. When I played football, dude, I remember hating when my coach was like, "Hey, starters, you're done. We're gonna go ahead and let the backups play." Why, coach? Why? Like I, I want to continue to dominate. Well, that's because they got JV kids who got to play too, bro. I mean, that's different. Like, but yeah, I mean, if you're played, Fuck if you're JV paid kids. professional, if you're paid professional, and like JV guys and second stringers aren't getting in there, you're right. I think you should be throwing, you know, fades and outs and you know Z ninety two X Y cross all day, you know for. Yeah. For sevens, for it's six. Like, and if you're not trying like, to score, like, what are you trying it's to like do? Jordan said here, or ran when we shouldn't. And that was a lot of the time that a lot of us Colts fans had problems with Frank Wright is the fact that we'd see runs when we're like, why are you not throwing it there? And then we'd have pass plays when it's like, bro, just run out the clock and we win. And it's like, what are you doing? So I think like, like, when, we didn't, like when we didn't run, like when we didn't run a uh, a QB sneak on fourth and inches. Yeah. Exactly. Because Matt Ryan had no knees, bro. He couldn't it move. It doesn't matter. Change him out then. Change him right. out then. I'm about to post a video real quick. I'm going to turn it down a little bit. Joining the in-studio wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. An opportunity yesterday 
to meet your new head coach, what were your immediate impressions of Coach Steichen? Yeah, I mean, I would say that he's very passionate. When he was giving his speech, like he started to tear up, and like you like can definitely tell that he like really cares. Um, and I probably say the second thing is like he's young. Um, there's a lot of offensive coaches these days who are kind of like really young, and I kind of see that game switching to these young minded coordinators and uh, coaches who are kind of changing football. So uh, we're kind of getting on that same trend. I think he was the second youngest head coach next to Sean McVay or um, something like that. So, yeah. I know you had a couple of minutes after the press conference to talk with him. What was the message to him? What were you guys able to chat about? Yeah, um, he was just kind of giving me the basic rundown of how things are going to go. And uh, we actually talked more in detail today and uh, basically just uh, getting on the same page. And I think it's going to be great. Dynamic. So while we're here, man, um, I see a couple questions. I see Dan Knight. Uh, Dan Knight asks, he says, where would you go after QB? Uh, and I pause the, the interview here so that uh, we can go ahead and answer some questions while we're at it. Um, I think this interview is important. I, I know that this was a War Room episode, but uh, we kind of did the first round pretty quick. So, hope you know, CJ Stroud at four. I thought that was pretty generic, but that's just me. Uh, <laughs> I'd take CJ Stroud anyway. But so we'll go ahead and answer this. Where would you go after QB? Uh, I'm thinking uh, corner or right guard. What about you, Zach? Oh, I'm going D end. Um, I'm a firm believer in if you get a dominant pass rush, you don't. It doesn't matter who you have at corner as long as they're both solid or decent players. And if you if we lose Yannick and Gakwe, then we have essentially lost half of our pass rush because it was pretty much like Yannick was the outside threat we had. So for me, if we don't re-sign Yannick once he hits free agency, Colts need to either heavily invest in defensive end and free agency, or they don't, and they invest in corner and free agency, then that tells me that they need to invest more in, in defensive end and pass rush because you can never have too many pass rushers. You can never have too many defensive backs. Um, so besides quarterback, my biggest – me being, you know, the guy that I am who never wants to pay anybody. Um, the two the two positions that I'm willing to pay a premium for are quality quarterbacks and incredible defensive ends. And I believe those are the guys that you go after, that you hunt day and night to find. And when you get one, you take. That's why I asked you guys earlier in that situation, you guys were talking about, yo, do we, do we take a guy – like, do you trade back up in the first round and get your quarterback later when a guy like Will Anderson Jr. is sitting there at four staring you in the face, knowing he's a day one game changer, you know, like Khalil Mack was? I mean, that's those are the questions you have to ask yourself. I always prefer you got to get after the quarterback and then you have to get a quarterback. And after that, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. Uh, to answer to Rob, uh, we're getting to that man um, in uh, – that's why we're answering this question right now. He says, what about linemen? The offensive line play was abysmal. Um, we agree, uh, but we think that the biggest issue uh, was between two things, schematic issues uh, and then right guard. So we'll we'll, we'll get there. Uh, Damon, uh, DeMarco, uh, what do you think about Dan Knight? Uh, where would you go after QB? 
Yeah, so kind of just uh, ties into what everybody was saying here. Um, I know you guys probably heard me talking to Zach and just mentioning Cansey, the defensive tackle from Pittsburgh, um, who I think if he was on the board in the second round, I think it just got to depends on what the um, front office's plan is in free agency. So me personally, depends on where I'm weighing my cornerback, which I think we absolutely need depth there versus defensive tackle, which is more so like you're going best player available versus the needs of cornerback and then right guard. So um, uh, it depends on where your needs are and where you want to go with that. If if I see that uh, Osiris Torrance from Florida is on the board, if I see uh, Callie John Cansey, um, defensive tackle from Pittsburgh is on the board, um, those are guys that I'm thinking about on the board. Um Personally, then now if I'm considering free agency, you guys got you, you got guys like William Jackson from Washington uh, that went to Pittsburgh, who's going to be a free agent, and then you also got guys like um, yeah, yeah, Jordan. I know he'll he'll likely be long gone, but just just a thought to have there. There's plenty of good offensive linemen coming out of this draft. Um, there's also some tackles that you could plug and play at right guard. Find you a guy with shorter arms, boom, plug him in at right guard. Um, but then, uh, yeah. So like I was saying, William Jackson from Washington and Pittsburgh, um, or, uh, or a guy like James, James Bradbury, who was with Steichen in Philadelphia this past off season. So he came out and said he won't play for cheap. So you're going to have to pay him. Yeah. I mean, it depends on what he thinks paying for a lot more is going to do for him. Oh, he's 30. So outside of Gilly, I'm not paying for another 30 year old corner. Facts. Yeah, so kind of just depends there on on what we're looking at there, um, but yeah. So to me, in my opinion, it just depends on what you're basing your needs off of, um, and where you can get guys from. Because if you're thinking, what potential are we going to get from the draft versus what we're putting in the free agency, you kind of got to find and pick your poison on on what you're going to go with. Where do you think oh. you can find more depth at? So if you watched last week, we all stated that uh, our top three needs were almost exactly the same as quarterback as number one, and then corner or uh, corner or right guard, and then I think Zach said defensive end was one of his. So our top four needs, in our opinion, with kicking with the crew, was quarterback, right guard, corner, and defensive end. Um, specifically pass rusher. Specifically pass rusher. Uh, so if we see. Uh, so when it comes to this, again, we got these segments coming up. We're going to be talking about war rooms, right? Next week is not a war room episode. It's going to be a blast from the past episode so that everybody can have fun talking about their favorite episode, their favorite things that happened in Colts history. But we're still going to do war room where we're going to be drafting players. Um, next week, we'll probably also talk about some FAs that we may want to talk about. So if those are the type of questions you want answered, I'd, I'd say you continue to follow and we will continue to answer those questions. We've answered the same question probably six, seven times um, on this episode and we have no problem answering them. We'll continue to answer them and they change almost every time we do. So um, keep those questions coming. That's really the point. Yeah. I'm sure everything changes for the NFL too. I mean, circumstances are like, like the weather. <laughs> for the NFL is like one day you wake up, it's sunny. One day you wake up, it's raining. So it was just like how we thought that CJ Stroud might not be coming out 
this year. I mean, that kind of changed everything for us for a bit until we found out that he was. So that's going to change a lot. But put into that priority, obviously quarterback, I think cornerback getting that depth there is going to be very important. And then also finding that right guard. Um, but, you know, whatever you can't find in the draft or depends on what you're looking for in the draft. And like, like Zach said there, you don't really want an older corner. So you may be wanting to go um, corner in the draft with that with that second overall pick or se- uh, second round pick, um, and getting younger at that age. And uh, I've seen Jordan. You've mentioned here quite a few times with receivers, but I, I really I don't really have any first round grades on receivers here. Yo, I'll take Jordan Addison. Personally, Addison's a beast out of USC and Pitt. He's better than. Outside of Pittman Jr., he's better than any receiver we have on our roster. Yeah, I'm not sure that that's the case. Uh, even um, Todd McShay graded him. And Todd McShay, did, he had um, Quentin Johnson. Quentin Johnson out of TCU rated higher. Most so, inconsistent wide receiver in college football. <laughs> exactly. So I, I necessarily – I'm not jumping the gun on any receiver. I'm going to say unless, this. And we, unless, and we, it's a, unless it's a flowers. We talked about this earlier. Um, I think we need to go ahead and sign Paris Campbell, and I think it's going to be a one-year deal. I think that's what we need to offer him. And I think if I'm in Paris Campbell's agent, I'm offer, I'm accepting that one-year deal. Why? Because I think that it's the most upside contract for him. Because if anything right now, the most average uh, receiver contract for his position is what was it? Two point four and eight, two point forty eight million a year uh, for three years, um, and I don't think that right now he's earned that. I understand that he had finally his fully healthy season. I think if I'm him, I'm taking a one year, three million dollar deal, um, and I'm gonna have my breakout season with a quarterback who's gonna use me more than what Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, or Phillip Rivers had tried to use me while I was in. He's shown flashes to be a top receiver uh, on this roster, but he'd always gotten hurt. So if when it comes to receiver, I think Paris Campbell is one of those guys that we cannot just let run away. We just can't do it. Sign him for that one-year deal, and then once this season's up, when he proves that he can stay healthy again and be a dominant receiver, which I could have him projected. If we get C.J. Stroud, I have him projected at getting 600 to 800 yards this year um, as a slot receiver or a number two receiver. Um, he could end up getting re-signed for a $4 million, seven to $10 million deal a year. Man, have I told you all y'all are crazy too high on Paris Campbell? Hell, uh, I'll take yeah. Sterling Ste- I'll take Sterling Shepherd, whatever his name is, Sterling Shepherd, over Paris Campbell tomorrow. You just a you just a Paris Campbell hater because you didn't even think about Sterling Shepherd until I named him to you. You're you're damn right. You're <laughs> damn right. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I just don't like Campbell. He can't stay healthy. He did a one good year. I like what I like what Jordan uh, Kibby says. He says uh, I believe Yannick is getting tagged. I'd be okay with that. Exclusive rights tag. I don't remember. I don't remember the last time we've used the tag. So to see us use it would be phenomenal. I thought we used it on exclusive rights. That's franchise tag. Huh? I think it would be crazy for uh, LA to cut Keenan when he's got one year left on his contract. 
you got franchise tag. Franchise, bro, that's like $22 million. I take it. Hey, the last time they used a franchise tag, they tagged Pat McAfee. Like, that was a it. punter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that wasn't Both even a weird. franchise tag. That was an exclusive rights tag. Yeah. They've only franchise tagged Dwight Freeney one time and um, Dallas Clark one time and Peyton Manning one time. But they eventually came to deals. So, like, they, he didn't even, exactly, Manning never even man. took a snap, snap I, underneath I, it. I want to bet, I want to bet uh, Peyton Manning. Next year. I want to bet Peyton Manning's was his after his rookie season, after his rookie contract. It was right before he signed that uh, seven-year, $293 million deal in, like, 2004. Yeah, after his rookie contract because he was yeah. – because he got drafted in 98, so. Yeah, in, like, 2004 when he signed that two-year or that nine-year, $93 million deal, something crazy, however big that contract was. The, 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 year, he, the year he broke the touchdown record. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah if he would have took some less money, maybe he would have won some more chips. Hey, hold on, hold on, Dan C. Uh, Hogan, Hogan, Hagen. I agree with him. What's he mean? Who's he talking He's about? He's talking about why would y'all want to spend that money on Yannick, Do- Yannick and Dockway on a franchise tag? I also agree. I, I'm not giving him a franchise tag. That's too much money for me. I'd rather just I'm gonna, outright deal. I'm not franchise. I'm going to tag him so I can get outright deal because I don't want to lose him free agency. And I if someone lose him. If someone wants him that bad, then they can pay for him. Listen, listen, somebody there. I don't know if you guys have noticed. There's a guy on Twitter. I think he goes by uh, Conspiracy Colts or whatever. Or I don't know what his name is. He tried to say that Yannick did not have a good year, that all of his sacks or what pressures were from being handouts. And I think that is the worst take I'd ever seen on Twitter when it came to Yannick. I understand $22 million a year for Yannick is probably a little too much. But when Jordan says here Yannick gets the franchise and they work a deal out before camp, I, I agree. I kind of agree with that. I agree. I, I disagree there. But the, but here's the thing: if you're saying the franchise tag is 22 mil, and they franchise tag him, but then they sign him before camp, that means that you know he's not getting paid 22 mil. Yeah, he's not getting paid franchise tag money. It's just an yeah, exclusive rights tag. Yeah, but he also has to agree to the deal. So if he don't agree and be like, okay, y'all just going to be paying me this money for a year. But if you also remember that a lot of these defensive players are big fans of Gus. So if Shane keeps Gus, I, I have a feeling that Yannick is going to stay. Yeah, but it's between good and Because if, if you remember, Gus, Gus coached Yannick in Jacksonville. Drafted Yannick. I'm yeah, all four players. Okay, I'm all four players case, getting their money. If that's the case, he, if he really loves uh, Gus, then he'll want to stay and work out a deal, regardless of if what he, the case is. It shouldn't take a franchise tag to keep. If him. he wants well, 22 mil, he needs to earn that 22 mil. Time out. Not have not time have out. half a season. I'm not paying a DN 22 million unless they bring me 22 sacks. TJ. That's exactly. Okay, so that's my point. He's right. going to want his money. A DN is going to want to get paid, especially since he's only about to be but, like 28 years old. Right. He's want to get paid before that time's come so he's not going to care about coaching none of that love he's going to go try and find a deal i'm not giving him the tag to pay him all that money i'd rather just sign him to a deal like that one that we seen on, on the thing that was like 40 year 46 million that's what i would try and give him i'm not giving him a franchise tag and guaranteeing right. but top end money for a not the franchise not tag the franchise tag is not 22 mil for it's, a defensive end what is it 
Hold on. I just pulled it up. A defensive end franchise tag is 19, 17, 17, 17. It's 17? 17. Then that's only if you can't come to a, to a deal. That's only like an if you can't come agreement. to an agree. Then he's playing on that money. If he agrees to a deal beforehand at any time, and that's set in stone, then you can't use a franchise tag again, but you ain't got to pay him $17 million. I mean, I that's still, literally still, what still, Washington still right in between where I would but, like to do it, but that's a lot better than I'll make. I'll so make. I'll make my point. I don't think we should franchise tag Yannick Ngakwe. I think if there's someone we should franchise tag, I think it's Paris. I'm not paying Paris fucking – that's top five money uh, league. I wouldn't no, franchise tag Paris either. Hold on, hold on. Hold they on. take That's the average money of the top five receivers in the NFL. No way. That's that 19 be, mil. No, it's it should not. Be, it should be like that's 15. not top five anywhere. <laughs> it should be 15 million, I think. It's 19. I got it on my phone right now. Yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not tagging Paris either. Then, so. then there's no one we're tagging this offseason. Yeah, to be completely yeah. honest, yeah, exactly. I, I wouldn't want to tag anybody now. If we did have to tag somebody, and like you guys said, it's that 17 million for Yannick, then I could. You know, I wouldn't necessarily hate that move, but me personally, I think you should try and get him signed up for somewhere in between 12 and 16. But I, I it just be. It's, it's now, are you talking like a non-exclusive tag where like he can't agree to anybody and he can only sign with you, and if he doesn't sign with you, then he plays? Or are you talking like a legit franchise tag, like legit, no, they were legit, talking about legit franchise, franchise tag. tag? And I'm not doing it because of the fact that look at how many times he's been traded. Like I, it's just it's just to me, I'd rather let him go see what other teams will offer him, and then you come back and we sit down and we get you a deal done. I want to uh, uh, agree with Dan Knight here. He says Isaiah Rogers needs to be a starter this year. I think we all were saying that since about week two yeah. of this season. Um, we agree 100%. Uh, we are right now trying to actually get Isaiah Rogers on this show. Uh, I just keep tagging him in everything because I'm trying to get him on here. Uh, he's reacted to multiple of our posts, so he sees that we're here, uh, and we're just trying to get him on. I think. Awesome. I think it would be fun to have. <laughs> Isaiah Rogers is one of my top favorite players. And the funny thing is, is DeMarco used to call me out. Uh, before DeMarco joined um, before the shoe admin group and then the Kicking with the Crew podcast, he actually, uh, we were just friends in a, in a AFC South group. And he used to talk shit to me because I was an Isaiah Rogers hater because he was always like, sorry, is Isaiah Rogers at corner? And I was like, bro, dude's just a special teams. Like, Leave him alone. And he used to be like, nah, watch him, bro. Watch him. So yes. DeMarco's huge on Isaiah Rogers. Him and Parrish Campbell have been two of my guys that I've been big on. Yeah, um, I'm not a fan of Paris. I'm a fan of Paris. Um, <laughs> I've been a fan of let Yannick test the free agency. We have to tender him for at least a second. So what I see is, is that the reason why we're allowing Yannick uh, what was it? We expired his contract. Was the wordage? You avoided it. Avoided it. Um, yeah. what I see is is that we're allowing him to uh see Market. other contracts. If he gets other uh offers, we're gonna either meet that meet that, you know, in the middle, or we're gonna you know we're gonna match it, or we are going to 
uh, overbid that. I think that's, that's what Ballard, that's what Ballard is known for doing. I was just about to say because Ballard pays his own homegrown grown guys, and I think this is the conflict that yeah. they might be having is Ballard is saying, hey, look, we see you at pretty much the market that I'm thinking of, the 12 to 16, and Yannick is probably thinking, like, hey, look, man, I've been an eight-year-plus sack guy for my entire career, and somebody else will pay me this, or his agent is saying that would pay me X amount, and so he wants to see um, his market. But just me, I just think – I just think to me, my, my thing about Yannick is I, I love how he ended up showing up in, in some of the games later on in the season. And it's just to me, I feel like if you're going to pay a pass rusher at upwards of $17 million, I need to see you consistently disrupting a game. And I, I agree. Didn't like he, I didn't feel like he did that enough for me to say, okay, I'm okay with giving you $17 million while we're already in a cap struggle. To me, that just doesn't add up. That's just me. So I don't see us franchise tagging anybody or tendering anybody. I think that, you know, we're going to be the normal Colts. Uh, we're going to let them test free agency. Uh, and those players are going to go where they want to go, like Anthony Walker. Um, and we're going to bring in personnel that want to be here. Um, I don't think we're going to really sign anybody in FA. And my reason being is because nobody's going to want to come here. And the only reason nobody's going to want to come here is because they don't know who our quarterback is going to be. Uh, the fact that Matt Ryan is still kind of sitting here, kind of, I don't know, boiling, like as if you were boiling pasta. He's just kind of sitting here, kind of like, oh, what the I wouldn't fuck even is he call doing? it pasta. I call it hot dogs with Matt Ryan. Are they yeah, allowed dude, to even mess wait, with his contracts? Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, Zach. Hold on, Zach. You boil your fucking hot dogs? That's what you're doing with Matt Ryan. <laughs> yeah, that's nasty. So if we want if we really want to be if we really want to be fair, by this time last year, Carson Wentz was already traded. No, it was a week of the combine. It was a week after the combine. No, 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 no. I have because I took a I nap have, and then woke up and Carson got traded. And I was like, on, what the on. hell? I have the memory on my phone and it just came up a couple days ago that we traded Carson Wentz. Was really, March fourteenth. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was like February something that we traded Carson Wentz. It was like right after the Super Bowl. See, I I swore that was at the combine. No, Chad, it's stop trying to trade trade Shaq. We'll trade Kenny Moore, not Shaq. So I'm okay well. with I'm I'm okay with trading Shaq. It just depends on what Chris Ballard is planning on doing. But I don't think we're trading Shaq at the same time. I don't. If want I trade to. Shaq, I want an arm and a leg back. Now, question, do you trade DeForest because uh, Grover no. has stepped up? Stop it. Stop no. it. Stop you it. Don't even, you don't even talk about trading DeForest. <laughs> no. The, no. the moment we start thinking about trading DeForest Buckner, this becomes a rebuild. Yeah, facts. DeForest, facts. to me, DeForest is more important than Shaq. Well, yeah, he plays a three technique and a four and a forefront defense. He plays I mean, a three. He, he, plays he a starts three the whole he, defense, yeah. He plays the three and he plays the one tech. That's yeah. why I love him so much. He's successful in both positions. He's versatile. Yeah. I was just being facetious. I was like, <laughs> no, no, he's 28. No. Why not? Age had just reported you for uh, inciting Exciting, violence. Man. That's what it's about. <laughs> hey, just wait till I get on the – we need to trade Quentin Nelson Jordan, bandwagon. Jordan, a retool. A 
retool. Yeah, Jordan, I'm calling it a retool. Why? Because we don't need that many positions for it to be a rebuild. I'm considering it a retool because we need a quarterback and maybe a couple other positions that can be plug and play. In a Dan, Dan, I think the best fit for us is CJ Stroud. Our punter's coming back. Our punter's coming back. Rio Sanchez is coming Hell. back. Yeah. Yo. Hey, let's let's go ahead and see what else Michael Pittman has to say about Shane Stry- uh, Shane Steichen. Offensive mind, we've heard so much. I about didn't watch this. Kind of his so. philosophy, his scheme, and also the fact that he is very player centric. Damn, why guys you guys got to go mute and disappear? On certainly, me. from the offensive perspective, guys like. Philip Rivers, yep. who had an incredible impact on him, being that you yes, spent a chase. year with Philip. Yes, keep chase, one hundred percent. Give you with what Shane I like Stroud too, Dan. And how you know that that connection he has with Philip Rivers was run. Philip is probably the smartest football player that I've ever played with. Um, I mean, he just knows everything. That like just just he knew like everything. I mean, he's calling out defenses, he's calling out blitzes, and just knowing that Shane was there with him. And Shane helped Philip, and then Philip also helped Shane uh, or coach. Yeah, like let's use coach instead of <laughs> his first name. You know, like he's just picked up like those traits. Like I think he said that he's gonna pass to score and then like run to a win. I love so, how he corrected himself. Like I like kind of like that. You Me know? too. So, like, we're gonna 100%. pass to score. You know, like I'm a receiver. Like I like to pass the ball, right? So um, I definitely like that. That's one thing that he mentioned. He was really excited about. We asked him exactly. You know, that philosophy: pass to score, throw to, throw to score points, run to win. You know, with the pieces that he inherits in this locker room, young off. Offensive playmakers, mm-hmm. yourself, Alec Pierce, Jelani Woods, Jonathan I want that table, Taylor, man, the two horseshoes on the side. Reference. You can also see so that there nice. were already so many Colts connections <laughs> that Coach Steichen Gold. brought in. Absolutely. Having spent time with Coach Sirianni and Coach Reich, what are elements that you see as maybe being similarities from what you saw within our offense and how it was established, and then what he and Nick did in Philadelphia <laughs> yeah. that you I can agree. see being an asset in particular to your game? Absolutely. I mean, they basically ran the same plays uh, because they come from the same strain as our like offense. So really, I mean, it just and helps DeMarco, us start fast, right? Because we don't really have to learn the yeah. playbook now. There might be a couple small things, but I mean, I think that we should be able to pick up and like play fast, and um, we will really see that transition uh, during a camp. So. Uh, like, which will help us start fast, and then hopefully we start the season fast, and uh, everything just takes off from uh, there. I want to say something about Demarco or about uh, Michael Pittman. Do you realize that he's like the players, like he's a team player, the biggest team player we've ever had on this roster? Yeah, and I hate that um, we've kind of slighted him on being an important piece of this team. I think I, he's uh, very more important to this locker room. Uh, I. I agree. I agree. I think he's huge. He's important to this locker room drastically. He he just has he's got such a demeanor to him that I can respect. And at the same time, we've questioned him as being a wide receiver one. Um, and I think that's unfair. You know, he just doesn't do wide receiver one shit. That's why no, he's no, no, not no, wide no. receiver oh, one. That's not that's no, not no, his fault. No, no, I think it's like, because of the quarterbacks that he's had. He's never had the true. quarterback that would make him a wide receiver one. Exactly. And going yeah. back to some uh, I saw here, I want to say Dan Knight said it. My bad, Zach, real quick. Just wanted to um, check something out here. Santa he had a problem with Ohio State quarterbacks, 
And honestly, guys, I think that's that could be any college. And the problem is, is just when you don't have enough guys that come out of that college at that position. If you look at how many guys have been drafted out of certain schools, you don't necessarily see their quarterbacks being a guy for some reason that doesn't take off. It's been the same thing. Like, I'm a Florida Gators fan, and we don't have a crap ton of quarterbacks that's win it. And the ones that we have had haven't been super good. The ones that you have had have gotten booed out of the NFL for praying. Exactly. So it's like it, it it only changes when a quarterback changes that. You got to you got to think of it like this, right? Um before Alabama was never known for quarterbacks. They were always known for their running backs, right? Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram, guys like that. And now they've got quarterbacks in the NFL like Jalen Hurts. I agree. Tua Tonga. Tua Tonga turn the ball over. Tua. You know what I mean? So <laughs> a lot of a lot of the times we have to stop thinking of it like, well, these colleges don't produce these players. This is why we need to be cautious, and that's not true at all. The what narrative you need changes be, when a player changes. You need to be cautious about who you have in the staff and who's developing those coaches. Let's say we had Frank Reich right now. If we drafted a quarterback in the NFL right now, like C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, I would not expect Frank Reich to be successful. I'd be worried the quarterback was going to be limited all year. All year, limited, because he always limits that quarterback. I understand having a running game. That's Frank Reich's thing. So if you if you favor the running game, you're not going to develop that quarterback. And that, that was one of the issues we've had in Indianapolis, is the fact that we favored the running game. JT, oh, no. I can tell you right now. I have... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say this. JT, I expect him not to win the running the rushing title this year. And the only reason I expect him not to win the rushing title this year is because I expect Shane Steichen, who is a quarterback developer, to develop this quarterback. See, I have no problem being identified as a run-first team. Me neither. Like, Ballard, like, Reich always talked about balance, but was never balanced. Like, no. ever. Like, that is a walking being contradiction. Being I a believe Steichen... Team. I believe Steichen... We can be the best running back. We can be the best running team in the league. And I believe we arguably will have a one of the – I'm not going to say JT will win a rushing title because I think that's ridiculous. He's already We can it. have one – right. We can have, you know, a top three running back in the league with the number one overall rushing team and still have balance because, I mean, that's what Philly had all year. So here's That offense was, was RPO, slant. Here's my only Multiple. here's my only rebuttal to you, Zach. Uh, you said that uh, you think it'd be ridiculous that Jonathan Taylor wins a rushing title, but he already won a rushing title with Philip Rivers as quarterback or Carson Wentz as quarterback. True. So but I truly believe he hurt himself doing so, and I don't know if he's going to be used in that same way. I think it will. Be. I, can- I think he'll be used the same way that Miles Sanders was used. But here's the thing. The same way that Miles Sanders and number 14, can't remember his name. Kenneth Gainwell. Get, yep, him. He will be used in that same way if we draft a guy like C.J. Stroud. And in that and in, in that aspect, I think that Jonathan Taylor is going to win the rushing, rushing title again. You he think he's going to get that many touches? You I think to, he no, will. He doesn't, he doesn't even need that many touches. The problem was is Frank Wright was inconsistent with his touches, and then you also had the threat of Carson Wentz actually throwing right. the ball your head which no team had to worry about this year do you do you know who the number one rushing team was in football this year 
Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles. So if yeah. you put Jonathan Taylor in that equation, Jonathan they Taylor would have Jonathan would have had two thousand yards. Right, Jonathan Taylor is going to win the rushing title if you if you if Shane brings that style offensive offense here, right? Right, and then he's going to use the deep pass, which is going to favor Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, and those guys. As so, as but that's where I beg a differ because I don't think Pittman has a speed to stretch it downfield like you know Jamar Chase, like Pierce, like I'm those sorry. guys that get like those guys that, that go deep. That's why I say like Pittman. You don't, Pittman's not a one receiver in me because he doesn't take a safety with him. To be a one, to be a true one, you got to take coverage. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Here's my argument. Here's my argument because Michael Pittman, you don't need speed to be the guy that takes the safety with him. Nope. All you need yep. is the ability uh, to win the line of scrimmage. Yeah, but I don't want teams playing zone either and just doing what they did with Frank, pack the middle. So, you, but they're not I, going I believe, to. They're I not going you to. You're not going to be able you know to do what? that if your quarterback you know, is immobile with no arm. You know why you did that with Matt Ryan? Because Matt Ryan had to step in, into the pocket. Matt Ryan couldn't run. He couldn't. He couldn't escape the pressure. He had to step up to throw the ball ten yards. Perfect example is right there what Jordan Kippy said. Hopkins isn't a burner, but brings a safety because you know. But Hopkins is elite, six five, has crazy hands. No, he's not. Hopkins is a whole different breed. No, but he still brings that same threat that Michael Pittman had against San Francisco, against Baltimore, where he was head topping dudes, catching the ball over the head and scoring touchdowns. Michael Pittman is a threat to any team if he has a quarterback that's actually going to give him the chances to go up over guys. Fact. You gotta stop thinking that you just need some guy to be some super elite receiver. Look at look at um if, we, if we're saying one, if we're gonna use the term a true one, I want Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, no less. No, but see, that's the standard. You're the same, no, you're doing the same thing with, that people do with quarterback. I want Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow to be every quarterback in the NFL. You're not going to have that guy. You're sitting here like you're telling me like that that Mike Evans isn't a guy that isn't going to go for 300 or 200 and something yards and three touchdowns on top of your head and not have the most speed in the world. You can still be elite with that guy. Listen, listen, let's talk about this, right? Two years ago, we said Michael Pittman Jr. was a number one wide receiver. Why? Because Phillip Rivers, right? And then Carson Wentz kind of struggled and then Matt Ryan kind of struggled. And then all of a sudden, Michael Pittman isn't a wide receiver one. So realistically, if we look at it, the ones who struggled was the quarterback. Well, the other way around. His rookie year, he had the injury and then put up 500 yards, came back the next year, put up over 1,000 with Carson, and it was, okay, he proved he can be a number one. And then right. this season, still had 900 right. yards, still had, I think, five touchdowns. So then the difference between Pittman and Hopkins, Hopkins put up incredible numbers with shit QBs. And Pittman can't put up incredible numbers with no. shit QBs. No, 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 so no, that's no. why Pittman's on. Hold on. Hold on. DeMarco, hold on, hold on, hold on. DeAndre Hopkins put up numbers with Matt Schaub, who was not known as a shit QB. After he put up like with can't with um who was it? Hoyer the destroyer for one year, Fitzmagic, who was terrible. Um before Deshaun Watson was there. I mean, he had that Yates kid, TJ Yates. I mean, he has some terrible but he quarterbacks. didn't put up numbers with TJ Yates. He yeah, put up yeah. thousand yard seasons and he also and Pro had, Bowl. But, yeah, but, but half those seasons were with the starting quarterback. And he also had offenses designed to him. 
Yeah. This offense has been designed to JT. They the Houston didn't have anything. They were dropping back with guys who were trash and throwing the ball forty times a game because they didn't have nothing. Where do, else. where do you think Arian Foster disappeared to? They use his legs. They beat the shit out of him. No, they didn't use him enough. He just disappeared off the face of the earth. It was just D-Hop. When D-Hop, D-Hop yeah. Like, Michael Pittman doesn't have, like, everybody has this, this, this theory that a number one receiver is just a guy that's breaking the top one. Your number one guy is your possession receiver. Listen, He's the you're, guy you're going to on third let me, down. Let me – let me put it. Let me put it like this. Yeah, that's a slot hold on, guy. Hold on, hold on. Because you're I believe the outside receivers guy. are speed hold guys. Hold on. No, your, your number. Guy. Hold on. Your number one receiver is not a Tyreek Hill. Nope. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is your slot guy. That's where I beg a differ. I Why? think your outside guys are Why? because that's how offense I've always built. I've always built possession guys are slot guys, and your speed okay. guys are outside guys. No. No, 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 hold on. You're, I want to break it down for you. Every offense is built where your fastest guys are in the slot. Yeah, I played in the running. So I played in the running shoot in high school. So that's that's more how we were built. You're going to have some number one guys that are a little bit different. You're going to have some guys like Randy Moss, Deshaun Jackson, some of those number one guys that got speed like that. Then you branch off to some offense. You got Steve Smith. Number one, you got Reggie Wayne. Number one, you got Travis Kelsey. Number one, you got uh, Anquan Bolden. Number one, you got Larry Fitzgerald. Number one, you got uh, uh, Chad Ochocinco. Number one, those are a bunch of number one receivers that Terrell weren't guys that were not speed. Guys. They were Terrell elite Owens. route runners. Something elite route runners. Something Pittman is not. They offer Pittman, something Pittman, elite Pittman, that what Pittman does Pittman is, do? Pittman uh, is a solid. Pittman is a solid elite runner if he's in the right system. Yeah, we bro, were not yeah. in the right system this last season with Matt Ryan. We weren't running a West Coast freaking offense where he wasn't running those routes where he needs to look elite. He was running straight down the field. Matt, I think we got to just chalk it up to uh, Zach hates our receiving court. He does. I he do. does. Like like facts. I, I do. Like like the whole thing needs rebuilt. Let's like blow it up. Let's not forget even Alec Pierce was used wrong. What? I think I think depending on who you build your offense around, a guy is going to look more like a number one. Facts. Uh, so let's, let's go ahead. Today's and NFL. Today's NFL is all about speed, and I think that's what the Colts lack. They lack so much of it. Even though Parrish Campbell finished number one in the miles per hour. Just... That's fine. That's great, that's but can he stay on the field? <laughs> he did this year. He did this year. <laughs> he did this year. <laughs> I mean, come on, bro. You gotta give these guys some chances, man. These guys are young. Let's go ahead and see. Let's go ahead and see what the rest of uh, Michael Pittman says about Shane. Being that it was such a young wide receiver room last year, Mm -hmm. we talked to a lot of your teammates about how you emerged really as the leader of that group. How much do you see that these young weapons that you're surrounded by really being able to develop and evolve because of the leadership that you're going to have? That's something that I look forward to and something that I'm trying to really take seriously, um, just like leading those guys and showing them He's basically what's what and hey, like we're like going to do things somebody this else way and like we're like going to do it right. Uh, um, but I mean, I can't take credit for like what they've done. I mean, like what they do is, you know, like they like work hard and you saw um, Jelani kind of take off there. You saw Alec um, and like those like young guys are 
just putting in like their own work, you know, like I just kind of try and like lead them straight. But I mean, like everything that they do is like what they've done. So one of the Back, pillars Jordan. that coach touched on relentlessness. I feel like that's something we see in your play in how you are on the field yeah. and in your game. But one of the other things he reiterated several times was accountability and being very player centric. How much responsibility do you guys embrace as leaders as you guys kind of move into this next chapter of Indianapolis Colts football under Shane Steichen? Absolutely. Um, lots of people like to blame coaches and stuff, but coaches aren't playing, right? I mean, like it's like it's us, right? So when like things are not going the way that it's that like it's supposed to go like it's like really on us because I mean the coach can yell and scream and lose his breath as much as he wants but he can't play for us so uh, we just have to get on the same page like, as like a team and say it doesn't matter like like it doesn't matter like what this coach calls it doesn't matter like what's going on like we have to make those plays and it's really that mindset that we need to really get on and we need to stay on it you know what i'm saying because i've seen a lot of like media like oh it's the play calling it's this it's that no like it's on us michael really appreciate the facts Pittman. so much very much looking forward to everybody getting back into the building here as we move forward into otas in a couple weeks thank you telling me more important than i ever would have considered you know so when when does when does otas even start this year i believe otas start Mm -hmm. stuff. I want to say May. They said a couple weeks. I was thinking that shit was about to start in March. I was like, whoa. Isn't it shouldn't it be May? It's should be after the draft, yeah. right? Yeah. There's a week well, mini camps like for your for rookies is a week after draft. And then everything else I think starts like mid May. Oh, so OTA? No, OTAs might be uh, March. Yeah, like yeah. March, March like twenty fourth through the thirtieth or something like that. And then they go on like that long break, right? I think so. so March, so March fifteenth, the new league year starts. Mm -hmm. That's when unrestricted free agents and trades agreed prior to the start of the new league year be executed. Yeah, Annual. Annual league meeting is in Phoenix from March 26th to the 29th. April 3rd is when clubs that hired a new head coach after the 2022 regular season begin off-season workout programs. So that would work for us. April, right? April, yep. So then that's April 3rd. So then April 27th through the 29th is the NFL draft in Kansas City. May 8th, uh, May 5th through the 8th, or May 12th to the 15th, clubs can hold a three-day rookie camp. Uh, and then after that, there's there's really nothing for the schedule for the Colts. For sure. Sounds about right. Yeah, but uh, I loved hearing a lot of that from Pitton. I thought that was pretty huge. I think that's um, I think that's something that he took away and learned from this season, um, that he's probably going to need to step up more and be more of a vocal leader to not allow – a lot of the stuff that went on this season because just like he said like a lot of people blame coaches and stuff the players got to go out and play yeah i mean i mean that's how it always is man i mean you can always blame coaches as you want but at the same time these players they got to go out and play it's as simple as it is i mean the coaches they they, they create the game plan they create the scheme they create you know play designs and you just have to go out and execute. And but 
But that's the frank answer. <laughs> and at the same time, Michael Pittman at that same time was being kind of passive aggressive or passive, in my opinion. Um, I think at the same time for the last five years, Frank is just too passive for this team. Too nice. Hey, yeah. I got to work in the morning, so I'm going to get off here. Um, <laughs> I know this is terrible to say, but um, y'all have fun. Um, but yeah, I got to work at four in the morning, so I got to get some sleep. I didn't even realize we were on here for two hours. <laughs> yeah, man, we, we're going we've been going hard and heavy uh, for sure it was definitely a good conversation though <laughs> definitely hey definitely. so with that with that we'll go ahead and end it tonight we'll go ahead and end it tonight make sure to come out next week hey if you're in the comments go ahead and bring your favorite colts past history whatever i don't care what it was your favorite colts memory uh and we'll go ahead and bring ours we're all going to discuss our favorite colts memories uh, next week is a blast from the past. That's what we're going to do next week to have a little bit of fun because we're all so serious all the time with these drafts and all that stuff. So next week's going to be a little bit of fun. So blast from the past. Bring them on. I want to know what everybody loves about Colts history. All right. I want to know what everybody loves. Zach, we're sorry to keep you on tonight. Appreciate you guys. Love the draft conversation, the debates and whatnot. Appreciate you guys. Facts. And it's always, again, uh, go Colts. Always, forever, no matter what, go Colts. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. He is going to drop the throw. Fires deep along the right sideline for Alec, Alec Pierce. Pierce. He's got it. Touchdown. Touchdown. Alec Pierce spikes it into the end zone. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. A 32-yard. Shoulder snag.